There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Butterfly in the sky with robotic wings and eyes. Stick a look, it's in a book. Dirty shoe book. Books are like comic books, but with more words and brain pictures. Dirty shoe book. It might go anywhere. Welcome to another episode of Nerdy Show Book Club. Hi, I'm Cap. Hi, I'm Hex. Hi, I'm Brandon. I'm Colin. And with us is a very special guest, Casper Kelly. Hello. Why is he very I'm special? <laughs> he's very special <laughs> because he's a writer for Adult Swim. Yes, it's true. He uh, he's written Squidbillies, Stroker and Hoop. Was he was one of the series creators of that? Aqua Teen Hunger Force, Harvey Birdman. Uh, when you say Aqua Teen Hunger Force, do you mean Aqua Unit Patrol Squad One or Aqua something? You know, whatever. Or I'm kidding. I, you don't need to. <laughs> yes, all three. All three. There you go. Done. And even the new one that we'll do next year. We'll do next year. <laughs> Have you written for this uh, for this current season, the Aqua something? You know, whatever. No. Actually, no, no, I haven't. Alas. <laughs> well, we got you on the show today because the community read along book uh, for this book club is. More stories about spaceships and cancer, your collection of short stories. And uh, so by now, hopefully all the nerdy community has read it. And uh, and we've all uh, at least at least read a part of it. I've read the whole thing. Good for you. Whoa. Me too. I enjoyed every page. <laughs> every single page. Well, I have to say that the one I read the most, well, the most, was the part uh, <laughs> taking a shit in the future... Because I get all my reading done while I'm taking a shit. So I thought it was appropriate to read that one while I was shitting. Did, did you have an existential me- metacognitive... You, you know, know, it made me think. It, that, that part made me think a lot. Because I often wondered what it would be like if I didn't have to poop. And I was like, oh my god, I could get so much, I, I could get so much shit done. Uh, excuse the pun. I could, I, could, <laughs> I could get a doctorate. But then I thought... <laughs> but then I thought Learn guitar. Yeah, but then I thought, <laughs> no... That is my peace of mind time. That is my freedom. That is where no one bothers me. That's where I get all my reading done. That is where that is where my life is, is on the toilet. Because I'm free. I'm free and I'm expelling evil at the same time and, it, and I can read. I can't do that anywhere else in my life. So if I didn't have to poop, I would commit suicide. Yes, I'm, I, I'm with you. Yeah, see? Because even now with airplanes, you have internet. And everything, so that's kind of gone as a as a private time. Mm-hmm. But I guess well, you still have your iPhone on the on the toilet. But yeah, it's the it's the last refuge, the last bastion. Now there there is a, a question I wanted to ask about that one one story in the book, and that is, what the hell is e gloving or bandana planking? 
Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, Brandon. Are we getting into the discussion about this book? Oh, I don't yeah, know. No, no, I just kind of jumped he, in. He, he, I jumped he, the fucking gun. He I don't can't involve this pool right here. <laughs> I mean, should I wait till later? Or should we just jump uh, no, in? No, let's, let's do it. Well, the thing here is, we are. I don't know, like, Casper, did you make up e-gloving and bandana planking, or is this something I'm, I'm, not, I'm missing out on? Uh, yes, they are, they are made up, and to, to give you that feeling of, of bewilderment, of a when you're older and a younger generation is doing something that is bewildering you. See, that's that's why I wanted to give that give you that feeling because I know you're you're young, so you don't have that feeling yet much. Hmm. But I wanted to give you that sense. It's true. See, that's why I like books because I can use my imagination. For instance, I thought bandana planking. The first thing that came to my mind, and correct me if I'm wrong, was like <laughs> two bros, their friends, they tie their dicks together with bandanas, head to head, and they try to get as hard as possible to form a plank together. Bandana planking, am I wrong? Like, does that not pop in anyone else's head? <laughs> Bandana planking, that, head to head. I love that, and 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 I would even say, how heavy of an object can they place on that plank? You know what? I, think it's, I guess the game is to, to see how heavy an object they can fit on it. <clears throat> Many boners have been snapped from the bowling you know, balls came out. Completely heterosexual. <laughs> not, you know, just like two two bros putting their heads two together, dudes, tying, yeah. it, tying it up, and forming a plank. It's a great game for pledges. Okay. So nobody else thought that when they read that. You know, I, I didn't linger on it. Okay, well, I'm done asking about that. So, so. let's let's step back. I love that it. though. You can you can steal that and use it in whatever you I'm want. Stealing, I'm saying that was my authorial intent. Right you should now. do that. I'm saying that was it. I want to see a show that you write for that that's in it, and I can watch that and be like, "Damn, that's awesome that he used that." So. I'm glad you told me what you thought before you asked me what I thought because what you thought is better. It literally <laughs> popped into my mind. <laughs> Literally. Literally. There's something in my brain now. I have to go to a hospital. Because <laughs> it's literally there and I can't get it out. And he's literally an iPhone. <laughs> Speaking of which, I have to ask you real quick. Do you poop sitting down on the toilet? Speaking of shit. Is this too personal for you? No. Yes. I uh, No, I was just trying to run through the alternatives. Did you think like I was... Well, I, perch, I have to perch or Arabian and uh, yeah, squatting, or well, I have to perch like a bird on top of the seat, or I don't feel comfortable. I have to get butt naked, hop up on my little feet, and that's how I do my business. It's true, actually. One time he got drunk, and a friend of ours drew highlighters on his feet, and there were footprints on the seat <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> I don't like sitting on the toilet seat; it's dirty and gross, even if you clean it. Plus, just it feels unnatural. Okay, that is blowing my mind. Now, are some what if what if you know you go to like a friend's grandma's and the and the toilet's a little rickety? It's like I not, balance. How do you, you just balance it. What do you do? I was in gymnastics. I learned some balance. I just got to balance. He can actually do a one handed backflip. I have seen it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is what I, how I get off the toilet when I'm done. So. A, a friend of ours did actually send us an extremely gory image recently of what happens when you perch on a toilet that is not safe. And then it breaks. Uh, the porcelain shatters and it gores you. Man, it cuts a big slice out of your abdomen. <laughs> Thanks oh. for killing my buzz. <laughs> Moving on. So in the previous episode of Book Club, wow. Just like that was maybe in, in the compilation of Brandon's greatest hits. That's going to be that's going to be I right there. I just had some things I needed to get out in the open. And, I, you know, I'm, I've gotten that out. I'm good. I'm good for the next couple minutes. So. <laughs> in the previous you know, episode. Um, you know, that kind of is forcing you to stay in shape. Like, I see you even at 70 able mm -hmm. to do that. Still I'll, limber. Still got it. It'll be a sad day. When you're unable to perch, they, you know, if I can't, that, never, they, they'll know that's when you have to go to the home. 
Yeah, if I can't perch anymore, I'm just going to end it. But I'm going to have some no, strong legs. You broke a hip. Grandpa broke a hip because he was perched. <laughs> Grandpa Brandon fell off the toilet again. He broke his knee again. It was two days until he was discovered. <laughs> just laying in a puddle of his own shit. So, in the previous episode, uh, Welcome to River World, we actually, you know, because we were setting this up for the uh, the Nerdy Show Book of the Month, we got we we read some of the book. We read the table of contents. Actually, we talked a little bit about it. And sort of an, an overview, Casper, when I was reading this book, I was really in awe because I was like, God damn it. I've had these thoughts about pooping in the future. And then, of course, we actually discussed in our earlier book club episode, uh, sometimes you just got to hit the road, you know, that uh, at some point it's possible that we could eliminate the need to poop by uh, having nanomachines. Nanomachines. Yeah. Sorry. I was like, nanomachine, microbiobial nanomachines. Yes. <laughs> nanomachines yes. efficiently disintegrate it for us and help us use all the energy from our food. And then here it was, a, an entire short story outlining all the psychological aspects of removing shitting from the human condition. See, that's what happens when you don't write things when I they know. suddenly pop in your mind and you wait and wait and someone else it's writes like about it. Jack from Adult Swim he, just totally <laughs> stole, he stole your thunder, okay? Because you didn't get to it. Sorry. But, but that it, happened to me with The Matrix. I was like, oh, that idea was rightfully mine. <laughs> yeah, I you... didn't write the movie yet, but <laughs> I think yeah. I think we can all get in line on that one. <laughs> yeah, and, and for the listener, the story is basically you can a procedure starts spreading around where you don't have to poop or pee at all, and a guy kind of feels almost pressured into doing it because everyone's doing it. They're removing the bathrooms from his office, and uh, it's kind of what is lost uh, when you do that. And then there's like even a, a performance art piece about it and trying to, you, you'll pay money to simulate taking a shit I later. Like, I like the description of the foamy brown uh, diarrhea-like substance that wasn't oh, quite yeah, like poop and you, didn't really feel the same. That you insert in your asshole? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was the description? Like putting a Coke up your ass? <laughs> it's like spraying, it's like shaking a yeah. Coke and spraying it into your asshole. That's yeah. I think he wrote something like that. Well, of course, <laughs> this is the first thing we harp on. It's so relevant to previous discussions. I was really in awe of how this book, despite all like the, you know, ridiculous and super funny instances and everything, it's got this very sad tone to it and all these, these, uh, it's expressing all these feelings that me as a almost 30 year old has started feeling about the passage of time and like growing older and it's all like embodied in these insane stories. And yeah. in, in a later story, Sneezy, like it broke me down. It was one of the saddest things I've read in a long time. See, I didn't yeah, read the Sneezy there, one. There are tons of stories in this book that are just like so full of melancholy and a story of loss and like nothing, like they, they, they want something and they can't attain it. It, it, why, what, what, what was going, what's going on, Casper? Do you need counseling? It's a great, it's a great question. I think, uh, my life is different now. I'm married with kids and pretty, pretty comfortable, but yeah, I think that is really burned in my brain. Loneliness, longing, wanting things you can't have. And it's just where I go when I'm writing. But I'm glad, I'm really glad you guys plugged into it because I really think, you know, does that, I mean, I know that emotion still exists, but I, I wondered now with, you know, so many developments like with, the internet, it's easier to connect to people. Do, the, do those emotions still come into play? And I'm, I'm gratified to hear that they do. I'm gratified to hear that you're miserable sometimes, so you can relate to this. <laughs> I'm miserable 99% uh, of the time. But that's the sort but, of things uh, that when I'm Yeah, when I'm I don't know. Them. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's just something, 
it's like my uh, subconscious that had to that I've held in and had to express it, you know. And they came so close. So many of them came so close, and then they would just fail at the end. <laughs> None of them succeeded. Like the, <laughs> one of my favorite stories, like sex fantasies at work, was so uh, was with what just embodied this, where this person was just going through a counseling session and constantly was. Cap, you do a better job summarizing things. <laughs> Sex Fantasies at Work is the, the like blockbuster climactic story at the end of this yeah. collection that really, uh, I think it was, the collection as a whole is really well structured because by the time you get to that story, you're you're sort of ready for it because it it reinterprets all the themes from the previous stories in yeah. uh, a variety of different ways and a variety of bizarre, supposed to be erotic fantasies that this guy just, this guy just can't. Not fail at getting a boner. <laughs> yeah, you just keep, you just keep everything. Every single fantasy just ends up turning into this horrible nightmare. This horrible, horrible nightmare where he's getting, where he's stabbing himself in the dick, and he and doesn't then, get erect from that. He stabs himself in the dick, then he then gets healed from uh, a superhero, a superheroine. That is then taking him to the hospital because, like, you know, she's trying to well, protect okay. him. That 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 story. <laughs> that that the, the the main character. He, I mean, like, it's incredible how like how pathetic he is. Yeah, <laughs> he I love that story. he's so obsessed with like the possibility of this superhero like laying hands on him that he. Oh yeah, her ability is to heal things that she touches. Yes. Yeah. So so he actually like. He's like, oh, well, I could fake an injury. So he stabs himself in the dick and then claims someone stabbed him in the dick just so she'll touch his dick. Yeah, that's not really a fake injury if you're stabbing your dick. And it's not much... its not much of a sex fantasy. No. No. Well, unless you like that. Some people do. Sometimes so I do. Describes, he describes, like, being up against her breasts and then, like, and then right afterwards, like, he then gets dropped. Like, she's taking him jumping across rooftop to rooftop in this very, like, romantic scene. And then, like, just suddenly she realized... He, he, he changes the fantasy so that he can then well, <laughs> not... It cannot come to fruition. Well, here we go. Here we go. I mean, if we're if we're gonna if we're gonna do the ending of this particular chapter of sex fantasies at work, listen, I have to tell you something. It's gonna sound stalkery, but I'm not stalkery. It's just I've admired you from afar for years. I've had a crush on you. I know you've had boyfriends that don't understand you. They don't respect you. I, I had to meet you. You have to understand. I I, I stabbed myself to meet you. <laughs> I know. She says. <laughs> I know that wound was self inflicted. I've been in this business long enough to know wounds. Uh, so you knew. I said, but, but you still save me. I'm not taking to the hospital, she says. You're not? A shot of excitement fires through me. Some naive, love-struck part of my brain thinks, she's taking me to her apartment. She's lonely, too. She's found someone that she can connect with. She's... She lets go. I try to grab her hair, but she swats me away. There's fury on her face. Such hate. I look at her pleadingly as if to say, but you're one of the good guys. How could you do this? And I'm falling. Falling. And I think I must have triggered a lot of hate there. Or maybe she has this dark streak that is kept hidden. Sure, she hates me. Looking down, I see the smokestack I'm falling into. Wondering if the heat will kill me, or the fall, or will the fear of this kill me first. Nice. <laughs> and like that's that. a sex fantasy. That's this man's sex fantasy. <laughs> well, I know. I, that might get me off. I mean, it depends on the person, honestly. It depends on the person's brain. I'm not quite all there, so it may work for me. Like we were saying, one of the things that the reason I, I insist that we have to read this, the community needs to read this book, is that it's got such really 
wild and unique scenarios and there's so much great humor to it but at the same time it's all the the emotion and undercurrent of it is really just this this very heavy deep dark it's an amazing combination of aesthetics and feelings and uh it's really would you say truly it's, it's one of the best short story collections i've ever read would you say it's the wow emotional. thank you well, I was going to say, do, would you categorize it as the emotional biography as Casper, of Casper <laughs> Kelly? No, I hope not. No, it, it, I don't. That's a wow. That is the heaviest question I've ever gotten. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, it isn't. It isn't. There's a lot. I mean, I, I have the full realm of emo- I, this. This book is really about loneliness and, and longing and lust. But I, I have a full range of emotions. It, it, it is interesting. Like, why do artists sort of focus on a certain area. I mean, you know, when you get, when you meet someone who's like a horror director and they're just like a nice guy, mm. and you kind of expected them to be sort of like, seem like a serial killer themselves, but they're not. It's interesting why people are drawn to focus on a certain thing. And I don't, I don't fully know why. Yeah. I don't know if that's a, a good answer. No, that's a, that's a brilliant answer. Yeah. Well, I always thought people write about the things they couldn't express themselves. Like they write about they write about certain feelings or emotions that they want to get out. So totally. So totally. Your book's very. And depressing. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, there's a lot of them that have, you know, could have been had one I had when I was 17. You know, I just wanted to get out. I think like sex fantasies at work is really about someone who hates themselves so much and thinks they're so unworthy that they have to create these ridiculous scenarios for where they could have sex. Like they're literally the last person on the last man on earth. There's 4 billion women and one man. They create the scenario, but then they logically extrapolate what could really happen, especially if they're as unpleasant as they think they are. And then the fantasy goes horribly awry. Did you feel like, you know, obviously, you know, the, the core emotionality of the book, but did you, were you ever worried about maybe, uh, I mean, you, you, you said that you were glad that we were able to, to tap into that um, emotion. Do you, were you worried that potentially some of the comedy might mask what the overall, what you were trying to go for with the book? That's a, a good question. And honestly, and this will su- may surprise you, is I wasn't consciously do- going for comedy. And I think that's an adult swim, too. I kind of just write... <laughs> That sounds very weird, I know, but like in my mind, it's funny in retrospect when I'm, but when I'm writing it, I'm trying to really write sincerely. It just comes off funny. I don't, like, I'm not consciously trying to make it funny. Wow. And sometimes I get these blurbs, uh, like, uh, Charles Yu wrote a blurb, uh, it was so funny I made orange juice fall out of my nose, and I was like, wow, because I thought this book would, had a lot of melancholy in it, but yeah, I guess it, it comes off funny too. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. I, that, I know that must sound so weird. Uh, it it makes a lot of sense to me because that's kind of I, I get that I, a lot of the stuff that uh, that that I do it, it's it's very it it's very straightforward to me, but then it it hits everybody else in a different way. I guess it's when you when you're really digging deep into your creative um, juices. Well, I was gonna say I don't know the worst first the first word that came to me was cesspool, and I was like, that's not right. But but it's always it's always gonna smell strange to someone else, but it smells just fine to you. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Take with the, that as you will. Let's let's cut to a song, and when we come oh. back, we're going to uh, we're gonna do a reading uh, from the book, and then also uh, we're gonna talk some more about uh, about the book and about Casper's career with Adult Swim and other cool stuff.
Since Casper was a writer for Aqua Teen Hunger Force, uh, Dualcore has a track called Too Wicked from uh, their first album, Zero One. Yeah, Too Wicked! <laughs> which is basically a tribute to uh, to Carl. Uh, Dualcore recently put out a new album called All the Things, which uh, is amazing. So uh, look forward to uh, some features of some Dualcore in the future, but also look forward to rocking out with Carl right now. Now... Before we get into this Carl track, I saw the most amazing piece of artwork for Carl recently. Uh, Juxtapose, the alternative arts magazine, they did an issue dedicated entirely to Adult Swim. And this artist, I can't recall uh, his or her name at the moment, but they did a... um, If you've ever seen the extremely fancy uh, mannequins in, like, uh, museums and stuff, the ones that have, like, synthetic skin and all that and glass eyeballs and, like, you know, they, they look like real people... They made a lifelike reproduction of Carl, like a bust of Carl. Oh my God. It, oh, it's no. fully realized. It looks like if Carl were a real human being. They could have just gone to New Jersey and pulled anyone off the street. <laughs> <laughs> they could have, but the, the art is in that they didn't. Okay. <laughs> now, if, I don't know if there's pictures of it online, but um, if there is, we'll have a link to it. Anyway, here's Dual Core. Too Wicked. Enjoy. The name's Carl, Carl, pretend I'm Lanalooski, rolling too deep, too wicked in my two-seat, live in a house by the Aquatine kids, with oil in the driveway that looks like G-Wiz, faces of brains, it's not important, call into Terry from Black Market Organs, cosmetic surgery, pack an extra baggage, be sure to ask for the Supremo package, me and 6-4, we know rapping, bringing me water, the beef starts scrapping, I babysit dolls, see what I teach them, all sorts of badness, I didn't even feed them, late night booty calls, need no rehearsal, that's information that you get in your commercial Pull out back And now that it's settled I haven't done a thing about the pH levels Yeah, I wrote that It's called I wanna rock your body And then in parentheses This is through the break of dawn That's good I say poetry C-A-R-L Home all alone Won't come out of the shell C-A-R-L Got a pool in the back But this ain't the hotel C-A-R-L Reppin' New Jersey Sorry about the smell Kids, I got a story to tell. The name's Carl. Carl. I was bald as a kid and worked overtime on asbestos gigs. Lived with my dad. My Christmas bad. My gift was some carpet that wasn't even shag. Super Sport episode. I'm the head honcho. Giving self-help capes to Travis of the Cosmos. 401k. And it's really helping. Arms ripped off by the fake Willie Nelson. Do or die. Who am I? Failed out of junior high. Suicide. Pro when I flow with the moon and night. Falling a belt. No need for a gun. They stole all my stuff. Tried to sell me the sun. You're hot blooded, check it, make it hot. I don't need no instructions to know how to rock. Sent right back in a hurry to lift off, put the smack down on Urban and Midnight. Wait a second, is that from the 83 tour? Yeah, I saw those guys in the Meadowlands with Brian Adams. That was a kick ass show. C A R L, home all alone, won't come out of his shell. C A R L, got a pool in the back, but this ain't the hotel. C A R L. Speaking the tears of 
was once I cried when I lost Svetlana, my male order pride. If taken the wrong way, it might sound gay, but me and Cup there were co-fiancés. C-A-R-L, home all alone, walking out of the shell. C-A-R-L, got a pool in the back of the same the hotel. C-A-R-L, repping New Jersey, sorry about the smell. C-A-R-L, listen up kids, I got a story to tell. Frequently Asked Questions by Casper Kelly. <laughs> Who are you? We are Neighborbank TM, a new kind of financial services provider providing financial services and solutions where you live and work. We are more than just a bank. We are Neighborbank TM. Why are you chasing me with an axe? Whether it's through our best-in-class fee, what's a fee, checking TM, or I have a dream savings TM, we are committed to serving you, the customer. Perhaps we are not chasing you with an expert running to fight off an attacker on the other side of you, or perhaps we are about to slaughter a chicken that will cook for you at a friendly backyard barbecue. Now would your old bank do that? We are more than just a bank. We are never bank TM. Was this answer helpful? Please rate it from one to five stars. You broke into my bedroom and attacked me! There's no attacker in this room, just my wife! There's no chicken! I've never even heard of neighbor bank! Please, uh, stop attacking me! Your privacy is important to us. You may have been selected for one of our promotions due to your interest in similar products and services at Neverbank TM. Help is never more than a click away. If you wish to opt out, simply log on to Neverbank TM with your login and password and select the tab service, select the choice promotions, and select opt in and then cancel and then confirm. If you don't have a login and password, simply click on create account. How am I supposed to get to my computer when I'm fending you off with this nightstand? At Neverbank TM, you can always talk to a real-life service advocate via email, instant messaging, or phone 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. No internet or phone. Simply put down the nightstand and say, need help. Need help? Ah! You, you fucker! You chopped my arm! You lied to me! You tricked me, you fucker! We at Neighborbank TM strive to exceed your expectations. Whether you're at work, in your bedroom, or running down the hall attempting to lock yourself in your child's room, we are everywhere you want to be. We are more than just a bank. We are Neighborbank TM. Don't come in here! Don't come in here! Or I swear I'll use this baseball bat on you! Our mobile ATMs are tamper-proof, waterproof, shock-proof, and bomb-proof, up to 300 tons of explosive pressure. Your money is safe, although you may not be. Have you seen our viral marketing videos? You do the grilling while we help you make a killing TM. Send us your favorite grilling recipes and you may win exclusive discounts on popular products and services. You're malfunctioning! How do I shut you off? In the unlikely event you need to report a broken mobile ATM, please contact our service advocate at the number given. What's the number of the service advocate? Please refer to previous question where it was given. We are a different kind of bank. We are neighbor bank TM. You never gave us the number of a service advocate. You, you're wrong. We are sorry. We were unable to help you further with this problem. Would you like us to put you in contact with a service advocate directly through our mobile ATM? Yes. So that we can put you in touch with the right service advocate. Please state your problem. Mobile ATM is trying to kill us. I heard question about our CD rates. Was that correct? <laughs> no. Mobile ATM is attacking us with an axe! 
Our service advocates are currently vigorously advocating for other service members. In the meantime, our mobile ATMs can help you with general questions from interest checking to a full suite of retirement services. Please move your bed away from the door and let us do the rest. I am a service advocate! I, I order you to shut yourself off! You are not wearing the requisite Neighborbank TM badge, nor the leaf green service shirt. You are lying. You are making me angry. Honey, you're making it angry. No shit! What do you think I should... Uh, let me, uh, uh, let me in its own language. Uh, fine, honey, if you think. Uh, be my guest. We love Neighborbank. Is there any account we can sign up for where you will stop providing uh, your axe-swinging service? Uh, it does not serve our needs at this time. Certainly. We are proud to offer three tiers of service to service three levels of need. They are good neighbor, close neighbor, and close neighbor elite. Which tier of service will stop you coming after us with an axe? We're glad you axed. First, for our security, what is your favorite movie? What is your childhood best friend? What is your mother's maiden name? What about my mother's maiden name? Uh, it, it's Brownlee. Accessing Margaret Brownlee Weiss, 327 Linden Road. Thank you for the referral. You are eligible to win a book of Neighbor Bank TM grilling recipes sent in by customers just like you. You do the grilling while we help you make a killing Neighbor Bank TM. We're almost ready to bust the door down, provide you with savings. It's going to attack my mom! Help! Help! Don't yell out the window, honey! There's four of them in the yard! God, and in the defaults yard! As long as... Stay quiet, honey. Keep Cody quiet. Is it having trouble with the door? As long as... Wait, I think it's leaving. Neighbor Bank Tiao is with you 24-7 and everywhere you want to be. We strive to provide a full range of services to serve the whole family, from providing mom a low-interest rate loan for a kitchen renovation to our kids' money club for your son. Speaking of which, we are expanding our services through the bathroom wall right now to make ourselves more accessible to your son who is hiding in the closet. Pardon our progress. Shit! Cody! Cody! There's a hole in the back of the closet! Uh, it must have grabbed him! Cody! We apologize for any inconvenience. Please understand it is always our policy to follow all rules and regulations. You were the one who wants us to make a killing while you do the grilling. Killing is murder. We are duty bound to stop you and your money from making a killing. It is what a good neighbor must do. We are Neighbor Bank TM. We are a different kind of bank. Heroic, even. Making a killing is a figure of speech, you worthless piece of shit! I will ass rape you and the worthless overpaid marketing shits that wrote your piece of shit brain, you fucking fuck! And the CEOs that approved you! If what you say is true, why did you try to turn me off and therefore kill me? Just as we provide overdraft protection for a nominal fee, we must also protect you and your savings from your killing. Not even the baseball bat you were hitting the door with can stop us from providing our five-star service. Open this door! Can you give us Cody? Cody, can you hear me? Ah! We admit it, our dedication to service sometimes makes our customers a little crazy. Send in a funny viral video about your banking relationship with NeighborBank TM and you may win a- We have a video! We have a viral video for you! Uh, come out of the hall so we can give you our viral video! Would your old bank come into your hall to receive a viral video you have made about your banking relationship with us? We're more than just a bank, we're- No! Ah! Die! 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 I'm sorry, it appears you may have mistakenly jostled us with your baseball bat, and we are partially wedged face down in this stairwell. Pardon the interruption in world-class service while we write ourselves. Cody, I'm here! Shit! What is it, honey? What's wrong? Cody, what did you do to him? At Neighbor Bank TM, we believe you're the banker. You can now make deposits and withdrawals through customers just like you. Simply put your Neighbor Bank TM ATM card in Cody's mouth hole and type your personal identification number on the keypad in his abdominal cavity. 
Envelope free deposits and withdrawals can be made through the anus, but caution, withdrawals from our bio ATMs may contain biofluids. This feature is still in beta and only available in select markets. You're stuck, you stupid fuck! You can't get up! I will demolish you! Wire by wire, you piece of shit! Fuck! In life, you have to prepare for the ups and downs. With our market protection CD, you can earn a safe return in any environment. Look inside your son's anus compartment for an exclusive color brochure with deals in your area. I will keep beating you! I will keep beating you with everything in this house until you break! What do you think of that?! We regret that this mobile ATM is temporarily out of service. Please note that as part of our My Money Now TM pledge, we have dispatched three more mobile ATMs to your house. We are ringing your doorbell right now. We are at your back door. We are climbing on your deck. We are coming into your basement. We are everywhere you want to be. We are neighbor bank TM. Your focus on the grilling. Let us make a killing, 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 one of the short stories from more stories about spaceships and cancer. Awesome rendition. Thank you. I hope you keep some of the times that uh, Brandon breaks up and laughs in the in the in the performance. <laughs> we're we're gonna put together gag reel someday. There's snot dripping out of my nose. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to the end of the episode, a lot of times if you don't already know about this, if you listen to the end of the episode after the uh, after the disclaimer, then you get outtakes on most episodes. And if we have an episode that has so many outtakes that it just doesn't make sense to stick them at the end of the episode, we usually turn them into support perks. Like, yeah. actually, um, our last book club episode, <laughs> so oh. much went on that we had not one, but two support perk additions to it, actually. Um, we have two completely different readings of yeah, we Waterworld. Yeah, we had an alternate take of our reading of Waterworld, and we had three plus minutes of outtakes from that episode. Uh, we have a full list of our... We'll, we'll get into uh, support perks and stuff later on in the show, but uh, but, you know... Secret stuff is afoot, so... Secret. Let's get back to talking about more stories about spaceships and cancer, which, I may add, if you want a link to where you can buy it, you can go to this episode's page. You can also go to um, casperkelly.com, and uh, you can also even pick up an autographed copy there. So, yes. Which order it directly doubles. from the source. And I'll doubles. draw a dirty, dirty picture or something. Yeah. Whoa. Tell them, who, tell them why, why you're buying it. Tell them you listen to Nerdy Show. And then describe what you're wearing. <laughs> yes. And then the dirty picture might be about you. <laughs> and then you can do a tribute on the picture. <laughs> yes, tribute! <laughs> Brennan and I had a lengthy conversation about tributes. If you had watched the uh, Nerdapalooza uh, coverage at the beginning of uh, the Nerdapalooza coverage on, I believe it was uh, Saturday, uh, Cap left uh, Brandon and I alone with the uh, live feed. And Mistakes were made. He- and and he said, uh, "Hey, fill time," and so we did. Oh God! I, when someone tells me to fill time, and I'm partially I, drunk, I don't you know. What you to were do. busy running Nerdapalooza. Did you know about this? No. Do you we, you we know t- what tributing is, right? No. <sighs> <laughs> it's one test. There's still a contest going on. No, there's about not. There's tri- no tributing tribute. It, you know, it's when you have a picture of someone and then you tribute all over it. They send <laughs> you a picture and you tribute onto it. Only eighteen and up, please. <laughs> I, dude, they told me to fill time, and I was what do you want me to say? I don't say anything but dirty shit. I didn't know what to do. I'm on camera. It's live. Oh, man. <laughs> so, let's just say that that happened. 
<laughs> Award-winning podcast, everyone. <laughs> yep. Number one in Orlando. <laughs> Tribute all over that. Maybe we show. should like, oh, hey, award-winning music festival, Hex. Yes. Yeah. So combined tribute. Some, someone should someone should tribute the festival. Oh man, I wish I wish you could broadcast the scowl. It's pretty deep. <laughs> the furrow and it's brown. It, it's brown? Uh, the ridges would hold much flavor dust. I hate everyone. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right, let's talk about this book some more. Yeah. Let's... What was uh, some of y'all's favorite uh, stories in the book? Honestly, mine was the the um, taking a shit in the future because I was literally shitting while reading it, and that that was the best part. It was interactive. It, it was because I felt like I kind of knew what he was missing. Like he, the character didn't get to do anymore the thing that I was currently doing, and at the same time, I was sad and happy. It made me feel dual emotions. I often feel better from sad movies than from happy movies. I walk out and go, oh, that wasn't me. <laughs> I feel so good. <laughs> that's why so many people see them, honestly, just to feel better about themselves. I would say that um, pretty much already said this. The, taking shit in the future, I, I really like, but also Sneezy. Uh, Sneezy, oh, was Sneezy was one of my favorites. So good. I didn't get to Sneezy. What, what is that one about? Sneezy is about one of the seven dwarves and oh, his infatuation with Snow White. In a way, it kind of sticks out like a sore, sore thumb in the book, but it also, because of its melancholy aspect, just feels right at home. Well, it just drips with melancholy. It, it's so evocatively sad. Um, you can really, really, really... Feel. I mean, like I felt. I mean, you felt. It is truly heartbreaking. It's, it's heartbreaking. Casper asked us a question before we started the show. Is like, you know, well, now since I'm here on this entire episode, what happens if you guys have like, you know, uh, objective like criticisms of the book and everything? You got you're not going to hold back, are you? And you know, we're not. It just so happens that um, <laughs> this book really appealed to us. So uh, it's not. That's when everybody listening to know this isn't just like casual ego stroking on account of the personality with us on the air, like. This is this is real. And, and I actually found it interesting, which is hard for me because there were no pictures. And usually I get bored very easily when there's words involved. But after reading it um, for at least like five to ten minutes, I didn't put the book down. That means it's a good book in my eyes. So I, Yeah, I do have to say, though, that there were times that like with some reading, you can kind of let your mind wander a little bit when you're reading, you know, whatever. But mm-hmm. like with this book, you can't because you've jumped to something completely different. And I'm like, wait, well, what? And, and then I get back to it and I can like, reread that whole, that whole page. Well, see, I don't so. know because when I got to the word bandana planking, my mind did wander. As you know. <laughs> so, I mean, for me, it was a bit different. So. Well, you'll get lost in the world and you think about what, what, you know, what you're reading. And then, like, as you're reading it, then you just get, <laughs> it just jumps to a whole new thing where it's just incredible. Like, my, my one of my favorite stories was Large-Breasted uh, Ninjas of Altair. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes, yes. Altair 7. I, I actually had a question about that story. It seems to me like that it's very much linked to taking a shit in the future. I was wondering if it was somehow the same character. It's possible because you're right because there's there's a uh, certain things that come back like college professor wanting to be a college professor so I I haven't thought about it but I think uh, yeah I think so what what did you like about that story so uh, fully captures I guess the human condition and how this person is traveling through life and just seeing uh, and 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 similar to what Cap was talking about where, you know, he's almost 30 and he's looking back on his life and then realizing the things that has happened to him and what he hasn't done and what he will never do. And 
that is kind of where I, I'm also in that place in my life, I guess. And, and I know that's weird to say, you know, 30, because there's so much more of my life to go, but, um, it's, no, there isn't, uh, Colin. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, it's just that, that story, one of the reasons is it just really struck a chord with me in that, uh, in that regard. And also, yeah. I mean, just think about when you're, I mean, it's just fascinating to think about because you're, so you're 30. So when you're 80, will we have figured out how to stop aging? Right. Or if, if not, you know that video games will be so awesome at that point. Yeah. That's oh, what, yeah. That you can live in one, like a world of, like if your body is frail at 100, there will be amazing virtual realities that you could... I think that's a pretty safe bet. Oh, totally. Yeah, that's yeah. the one thing keeping me from killing myself is the thought of technologically uh, technological advancements in video games. So it's like, if I, I need to see the new stuff coming out forever. I don't want it to end. I, need, but I, I, need I think it games. will be... Like, if your body is frail, it would be very tempting to just spend massive amounts of time. Yeah, and then you get the question reality. of... Like, if, if your consciousness is already uploaded into a game state, then... Uh, do you continue to exist, or is it simply uh, a mirror image? And well, we won't need to poop by then, so. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, it's like there's a there's a thing. I don't know if anybody's seen it. It's called um, Russia twenty twenty seventy nine. Yeah, know. something. Like, it's it's this weird thing that's coming out of Russia actually, and it's it's uh, there's an infomercial that's been kind of bumping around the internet. I'll have a link to wherever it is and what it's actually called. In this episode's page, it's this weird infomercial. It's in English, but it's produced by Russians that's talking about how we can eliminate all the problems with the human condition. We can eliminate poverty and everything by technological advancements. And we need to uh, get all of our resources together. And just like everybody got together to create NASA and put men on the moon, we need to get together to advance human human culture and revisit the way we think about every aspect of our day to day lives and psychology and everything. And then it's it gets more and more ridiculous, and we'll just start throwing things out like flying cars. But at its core, it's talking about creating neo humanity. It calls, which is basically a premise of human beings sort of extending ourselves beyond uh, biological existence and uh, putting ourselves into synthetic bodies. And it's like some kind of combination of the surrogates and uh, the age of spiritual machines. Essentially, it's um, human consciousness would exist in synthetic bodies and would be boundless based on what we could put ourselves in and where our consciousnesses could go within synthetic parameters. And so like ghost in the shell. Right. Like your brain is a little Nintendo cartridge and you can just pop it into whatever robot yes. body you want. But yeah, hopefully and, and with more storage. And, and, if, and if that, <laughs> if that Nintendo cartridge is a part of actually like a cloud of information and it knows how to like navigate that terrain, then mm-hmm. it's boundless and it could go off into, you know, space as far as the physical boundaries allow it to and all that. And basically, it's this, this concept of like how far will there be a separation between what is biologically human and something that actually evolves to synthetic life. And then you start getting all the questions in Mass Effect and what synthetic life is valid. And if synthetic life comes from a human consciousness, is it still a valid form of life, even though it believes itself to have feelings, but in fact mm-hmm. is only derivative of something that's bio- that was biological and has since deceased? It's interesting that you brought that up, Cap, because uh, I've actually been reading a lot of uh, information about uh, consciousness in relation to animals. Yeah. Um, they're doing a lot of research in regards to, cause a lot of times consciousness was one of those things that science could not quantify. And they are starting to be able to understand, uh, whether or not other beings other than human beings 
have consciousness. Right. They just signed um, that uh, that that big paper up uh, up in in Britain under the supervision of um, Stephen Hawking about how mammals and birds and a couple other things, uh, octopi have yep. uh, but not squids <laughs> have uh, have consciousness. Well, birds are the smartest animals on the planet. But it's not it's not all birds, as far as I understand. It's only some birds. And it's, I, and it's, it's also interesting because it's what is necessarily... Now we're getting onto a tangent, but it's like... <laughs> yes, we are. I have screen philosophy, so... Um, but if you... You know, it's a question of what is the definition of consciousness? Is it a, is it a, is it a self... Is it a realization of self? Like, what is it that makes something conscious? Um, You're right. I've been thinking about this a lot. And I, I, I think that once they do have uh, machines that are whether you think they're conscious or they're just such a perfect simulation of a conscious person. And I kind of think at that point, the, the, the distinction is moot. I think they are conscious. I think people will love the shit out of those, those, those machines. I do not think they will, will hate them or trade them away for a real son. The moment I think once that happens, that's all they're going to hang. I think that's all people will hang around is, is machines that are tailored to like them and, and, and think they're awesome. I don't know. No, it's true. People love iPhones so much. It's only the next logical step, really. Yeah, yeah. you're right. There's, yeah, there's I mean, a certain kind of people who are, who just, you know, <clears throat> they will mesh with that sort of thing. They don't, I guess they, they, they don't burden themselves with thinking too much. And I feel like this, you know, this came through in your book, and correct me if I'm wrong, Casper, but I have a feeling that as we go further and further into the future with technology, do you feel like we are getting lonelier and more alone as we progress in that technology? That I don't know. And I'm, I think that is a theme of my book, but I'm not sure if I think that in terms of the future, I actually, I, I think I'm drawn, drawn to loneliness because it's dramatic. Uh, but I, I think in reality, we'll be able to sort of adjust our personalities and our emotions so that, that we may not even feel that anymore. I mean, I even think about, I think, all art we do may be totally like I'm rambling, but all right, Scarlet Letter, you know, I don't know if you guys were forced to read that in school, yep. but it's about uh, the horror of having an affair and the shame and having to wear this uh, A. And that's kind of unrelatable now in the sense that we don't have that sense of, I mean, it's kind of, it's bad to cheat on your marriage, but there's not that sense of shame for having sex outside of the marriage or before you're married at all. Mm-hmm. It's hard to relate to, and I think that a lot of the things we write now will be very hard to relate to. As I, I vainly want my work to last forever, but I don't think it will because I think human nature will be different once we can start fucking around with human nature in our brains, yeah. and that we, you know, I, I don't like having fear when I speak in front of people. So let's just pull that out. Mm-hmm. Let's just remove that. I, I think that's going to happen. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think there's a very good chance for it. You know, really, I feel that the book, um, the the melancholy that it expresses and everything is the, um, at least to me when I was reading it, my own in my own headspace, it was the uh, the sadness and discomfort of a, of uh, expressed by a generation of people who lived prior to the internet and prior to the singularity, and as all of us here will have have grown up with like the last gasp of of a simpler Earth. And then mm-hmm. the the singularity ha- will happen within our lifetime, and is happening right now. And all of human culture goes through the greatest shifts that it has ever gone through thus so far. And uh, there'll be a part of us, no matter how much we adapt, that will always be left behind and and struggling to keep up with yeah. this new version of reality. 
that's a very interesting point. And one other thing I'll just shoehorn in there, the story I'm working on now, you know, in talking about consciousness is idea of teleportation. Right. I've read that it's totally bogus. And for that to work, they basically just have to break you down, destroy you, and then just create a replica of you somewhere else basically. with the yeah. atoms at hand. Like if you're teleporting to Mars, they'll just destroy you, send the, the raw information, and then create another version of you with atoms at hand yeah. on Mars. Like, <clears throat> and it's a guy who, that's part of his commute. And he knows, and everyone does it, but he knows intellectually, I know that I'm dying every time I do this. And when I come back home, I'm dying again. Okay. And why do I keep doing this? You know, just that feeling of, I don't know. Yeah, that's actually, uh, we had a similar discussion with uh, Old Man's War when the uh, when his consciousness was shifted from the old man to the, uh, to the new synthetic body. Like, did he actually die? And he or- saw this expression change. Yeah. Like, was that a uh, was that a a mentality shift or was that that body dying? Uh-huh. I don't even know. And, and then, like Colin was saying, that that in the uh, in the Prestige, that's uh, Nikola Tesla's uh, secret invention is basically <laughs> basically the the replicating teleporter without the disintegration. Yeah. of the original. It uh, it's just a duplication procedure. Right. My uh, my suspicion is that uh, is that is that it's a that the fact that we're a consciousness is sort of an illusion. I mean, we have it, but the fact that I'm the same person I was 20 years ago is probably an illusion because all the all the atoms have changed, or most of them, <clears throat> you know, uh, as I've grown. So it's really just this pattern that's maintained. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a fascinating anyway. It's one of those like maybe it's kinda, very boring, but it's interesting <laughs> to me. It's it's one of those those uh, existence holes where you start fathoming the size of the universe, but it's like looking within yourself of how mm-hmm. uh, the trying to grasp the full scope of consciousness, and you realize, Jesus, I'd need something beyond a quantum computer to ever possibly pick apart the the intricacies of of what I'm attempting to understand right now. Well, yeah, I mean, because a lot of and, and and a lot of that what what a lot of the reading I'm doing on consciousness, they they're starting to believe that. You know, you know, there's always the conception that, you know, that science couldn't necessarily touch consciousness because it was part of like the, the soul stuff, you know, and you can't touch it with science. But now they're starting to think that potentially your consciousness might, might be biological. And if that's the case, then you could essentially be replicated without any loss because it's just a quote, it's, it's in thought data. But I mean, that's, that's, current thinking that's out there in the world it's not necessarily my my view but that's uh interesting hmm. what is your view man <laughs> yes, what is your terrible view that i'm going to disagree with you bastard uh, uh my personal view um is that i don't necessarily wrong <laughs> no my personal view is that i'm not necessarily i don't really care um, <laughs> that's a good I view. I think that's one nothing. of the best views to have actually. <laughs> no, truly. Like as in as in I don't for my own personal uh view on consciousness, I experience the world in the way that I experience the world and that my whether or not caused by uh my soul or uh, biological factors, it doesn't matter because I'm still experiencing the world in the way that I'm experiencing the world and, and it's not like you can alter it. me matter. Um, and so to me, it doesn't matter to me whether or not I can replicate my consciousness or not. Just the fact that I'm living my life, um, and experiencing the world is what is, is what I guess is important. It feels good. Don't rock the boat. Huh? (laughs) It feels good. Don't rock the boat. 
Essentially, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, like I, I have gone through, like I said, I have, a, I have a degree in philosophy and I actually went through a lot of uh, <laughs> As we laugh, it's, as we it's, chuckle. It's, it, I know, but um, <laughs> um, I, I connected a lot with this philosophy. It's an American philosophy called pragmatism. And it's basically essentially that. You have to go with uh, what works, pragmatism. I took a philosophy class in college. I was going to get a C, so I had to switch it quickly to pass-fail. Uh, but because uh, the, the one of the essays I had to I, did, I, I thought it was a good essay, but the, my teacher, who I guess hated me, but the question was about the soul versus mind-body duality, you know, versus the idea of a soul. And I said, well, let's take you, if the teacher. If, right. if I hit you, if I you say you have a soul, if I hit you in the head with a baseball bat and you become retarded, <laughs> how how does that happen? Because your soul allegedly was not affected. Uh, here's here's the so, difference between when, how are you, when you how were are growing you, up. How are you retarded now? <laughs> if if there's no such thing as a brain or a mind, I think that's why you're teaching. If it's all from your soul, <laughs> I got I got a D on that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's 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 the difference between when you were growing up and when we were growing up because we would have uh, gotten under investigation for that. <laughs> I did stuff like that. I mean, I got expelled a few times, but it was worth it. I, you know, I still ask the tough questions. <laughs> you know, this book when I'm looking at it, is really just a um, a reiteration of Tolstoy, really. <laughs> well, no, that's the cool. Whoa, thing. <laughs> that's, that's cool amazing, thing. Tolstoy. You can put that on the back when you reprint this that I said that. Can I clone you and just have you in my house? It's like it's like Tolstoy. Yeah, you can just replicate him because consciousness doesn't necessarily matter. No, we'll do, we'll just send you the original. Uh, <laughs> Make sure if yeah. you can find it because it's not here right now. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Make sure you have a virtual toilet. I yeah. uh, just put a tree branch out with a bucket under it. I'll be good. Yeah. Make sure that it's not a rickety. Yeah, you have to make sure that it's very secure. I prefer branches. Make sure to the toilets. seat is on there good. There's a PBS video series it's on YouTube. Uh, I can't recall what it's called at the moment, but um, we'll have a link to this video as well. It just came out recently, and it compared the internet comic Homestuck to Ulysses. Uh, they said it uh, Homestuck may be the Ulysses of the internet in, in that um, uh, as far as literature is concerned, Ulysses is considered the greatest novel ever written because it's uh, super lengthy. It's arduous to get through the author like James, James, James Joyce. Joyce. Yeah, James Joyce invented like words in it. It has a massive lexicon and it's, it's this weird meandering journey throughout like a day. Uh, whereas Homestuck is by internet standards TLDR um, has a shit ton of characters, betrays audience expectations regularly by killing them off, even no matter how much people love them, and uh, and tells things of its own accord, yet people flock to it. And uh, it's sort of analyzing why people like Ulysses, why it's held up on this pedestal, and how Homestuck may be that same thing. Have you heard about the recent news about Homestuck? Yes, Homestuck just launched a Kickstarter, and it was massively overfunded within hours. $700,000 for a Homestuck themed video game where the experience of the story would then become interactive. Yeah. And so within... It's like a sidestep to the actual right. comic. And so $700,000 funded in 17 hours. Wow. Wow. The, the Homestuck wow. following is absolutely crazy how, how big it is. And, I, and, I've and started, I believe that, that sorry to interrupt, yeah. but that first 700000 was funded with just 7,091 people, so it was about $90 a person. Wow. Jesus. 
Wow, that's crazy. Clearly, I need it, to start it, a Kickstarter. It's the thing about Homestuck, and this, this is this echoes our previous conversations. Is that it? Um, it's a phenomenon that is kind of hard to connect with. Like I've started reading it, and and there's been parts I've liked, and friends have shown me like, look, here's this, here's this one bit, and I've laughed at it because it's hilarious, and like it's like very, it's a very surreal story. It's extremely cerebral, and I'd love to have the time to get into it, but my time is very limited at this point. And, and everyone says, well, you know, take some time off if you're going to read Homestuck. Um, and you're like, oh, okay. But what I, what I've heard is that the appeal of Homestuck is actually for the generation slightly after us. Like that's what makes it immediately appealing. It's for people who grew up with the internet intact and sort of and learned about started having their first most personal connections with people via via the internet, via instant messaging and, and other things. And it actually connects directly with that audience. And that's why some people don't understand it. And that's why it has such a, a massive uh, youthful fan base. The internet is such an amazing way to communicate with everyone over the world if they find it and connect to it. All these amazing subcultures where if I'm the one person, I'm, I'm the one person who's in my town that's sexually attracted to gigantic, like Godzilla-sized pregnant women. Yeah, I've been in, in, that. In the, in the 50s, I would just have lived with that private <laughs> feeling. But now I can connect with the other 12 people in the world, <laughs> five who live in Germany and five who live in Japan. Who have <laughs> let's, let's get really personal uh, about Colin's you know mom I mean? right so now. It's amazing <laughs> to see all these One of my favorite topics. And, and just the, the, the benefit of all this fluidity of information and what comes out of that, you know. I don't know. Uh, Colin's mom uh, <laughs> had, has a lot of books about, about sex. Uh, a lot of sex yeah. and relationship books, and as a kid, I would a, I would read them. Therapist. Yeah, yeah. and she know. used to sit down and talk to Colin about them when he was like well, three. Well, that, that's not exactly what we're touching base with here, but that will explain <laughs> okay. a lot for listeners yeah. trying to like map out Colin's life. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I was reading, I was reading a book. Oh, that, so but you guys can relate actually, because being thirty, so when you were fourteen, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a little before the internet was really cooking. It was kind of there. Mm-hmm. But you couldn't just go, huh, I'm going to Google Britney Spears. No. And no. And see. no. So you're, yeah. So you know what that's like. Yeah. Corey we had to figure out how that. to draw that. What is that like I mean, now? Yeah. I, I mean, I, Cap, I don't know if you remember, but I mean, like, I, I was, I had all sorts of images that I found on all sorts of sites. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, like on my dial-up modem. Print I mean, them it was out. Like, we we printed them out. That's what we did. It takes twenty minutes because, to load a picture. Well, yeah, right. it took twenty minutes for them to load, so you just printed them out. Yep. Oh, I did that. And then delete your print history. Actually, um, I still have. I from- was so nervous about it. My <laughs> parents did not even fucking know what a print history was. <laughs> <laughs> Colin and I would print out all these these pictures, and I'd print them out at Colin's house because I didn't have the internet before him. He and he then you first. got you would give each um, other a hand. Yeah, we would. Um, <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> Not canon. Um, <laughs> I, I still actually have. So you a, remember a, having to work a little bit. <laughs> yes, a little bit of work. Well, I, I still have a, 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 a dot. Well, not it's not quite dot matrix, but a, a shitty resolution printout of uh, Michelle Pfeiffer topless, just for old times' sake, because I, I just I held on to it from from back then. It's a treasure. How do we get? How do we get here? What I was getting at. <laughs> what I was getting at with Colin's mom is that. Yeah. Um, is she had these these older <laughs> these older books like data compiled say in the 1970s or something and I was reading them like uh, this particular one that I, I was remembering and it was it had a list of like of fetishes and like and deviations and so on and so there was like listed uh, chorophilia which is uh, the technical term for for interest in scat bestiality slash zoophilia both of them saying like this seems almost 
not really present in, in humans. It's this fringe fringe minority. There's like practically no one who does this. Internet says otherwise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wow. <laughs> See, it's just that they didn't know how many people were into it until they were able to. Because, yeah, like, like, like Casper said back in the day, if you were interested into it, but now you, you keep some, it to now, yourself. Yeah, now there's like a support group of other people. Like, yeah, I poop. Let's <laughs> let's hang out. You eat poop. I eat poop. Oh let's, man, let's film it. It's delicious. And so we landed on this sort of conversation, but this sort of conversation has has come from the thoughts that are from this book. <laughs> and also, there are thoughts in this book about being uh, inside a giant vagina. <laughs> so you need to check out this book. Yeah. It is nerdy show approved. Well, uh, thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> we'll get a wax seal. We'll just stamp it on there. It'll be like the, the Newberry Award, the Aunt Nancy Award, <laughs> the Aunt Nancy Award. Oh for, no! For excellence. No, I hate <laughs> all of you. For excellence. This is a thing now. It's happening. No. Oh, God. No. I veto. I veto. I veto. So we're getting to some music now. Yeah, let's get some music. Okay. We've been talking about some crazy singularity crap. So we should have some crazy uh, cyberpunk music. Sure. So over on OC Remix, uh, there's this dude named FF Music DJ who has who's an old school contributor and actually hasn't contributed to... I can tell by his screen name. Yeah, yeah, FF Music (laughs) DJ. It's like my old AOL name, RPG Guru. (laughs) (laughs) Was that two Gs? Yes. (laughs) Um, So he hasn't contributed in nine years, and this is his first contribution to OCR since then. And this is from the video game Shadowrun. Oh, fuck yeah. And the track is called Running the Cyberpunks. And uh, FF Music DJ still is one of my favorite remixers of all time. And so he does not uh, disappoint with his uh, brand new track. I am so glad that uh, I got a reason to play it. So, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy running the cyberpunks.
So, Casper, you've got uh, a career at Adult Swim, and that's nerd-wise pretty huge, dude. Thank you. Yes, yes. I'm very honored, and I love it. I've worked there for some years now. Now, I had a question real quick, if, I'm, yeah. if I may. According to IMDb, and <laughs> I have, because this is where I get all my research from, Wikipedia and IMDb, you've just got loads of pages on those, if you didn't know. They have all your info, um, height, weight, pictures, everything. So... There's this show called Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell, and it's slated for 2013, and your name is on it. Well, I have no idea what that is, but there was a... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Movie, I think, in 2010, a short movie with the same title. So what is this thing? Because I don't know what it is. Yes. Did you see the short movie? No, I didn't. I, I, I found out today that it even existed. Okay, it's, I'm, I'm not supposed to talk about it oh. at all, but I've had a few beers, so fuck it, I will. But PR <laughs> wants to wait, and you know, because they have to hold back. And but I'm gonna talk a little bit about it. But yeah, it's a live action show. The pilot came out of a short film uh, that Dave and I wanted to do, which was basically, and it could have easily have been a short story in my collection. The idea was these these goofy guys join a cult. They're promised when you die. There'll be a thousand virgins. There'll be a tree of your favorite food. You'll love it. There's a real, there's a river of milk and honey. You're going to love it. If you just, uh, and all you have to do is cut off your head with this golden uh, hacksaw. <laughs> so they, they cut off their head with the golden hacksaw. And, and by, incidentally, uh, in the, in the movie, uh, Fred Armisen plays the cult leader, <laughs> which was really cool to work with him. But so they cut off their heads with a golden hacksaw and sure enough, there's these virgins. And there's a tree of their favorite food. And there's a fight because one guy's favorite food was pepperoni pizza and the other guy's was cheese pizza. <laughs> so the they go to the same place. The pepperoni pizza's like, why couldn't your favorite food have been pad thai or something else? He's like, no, cheese, is, cheese pizza is a different thing. You take the pepperoni out. And he's like, no, you take the pepperoni. It's not the same. You take the pepperoni of a cheese pizza. It's not, you still got the juices on it. Cheese pizzas, anyway, blah, blah, blah. So, <laughs> but anyway, the basic idea of the film is you, they're doing that, and they're with the virgins, they're enjoying it, cut to black, then you cut to a million years later, and then you cut back, and they are bored as hell. <laughs> they're bored of the pizza, they're bored of the virgins, and then they, uh, then you cut to another million years later, they've made a guitar out of virgin bones, <laughs> one of them is trying to make a spaceship out of virgin bones to escape. <laughs> and it was just the idea of how paradise, we're just, I don't think we're designed to live that long. I, I, 
you know, we would be, we would get bored or something like that. So oh, I need to watch that. You know, that but they, they they're using like the milk and honey to sort of as a as a sort of cement, a rubber cement to sort of keep the bones together and <laughs> <laughs> try to make it airtight to go into space and blah blah blah. Anyway, blah blah blah. Oh. So that was the the pilot, and then but oh oh, mm-hmm. forgive me. I'm uh, uh, so. But one guy uh, of their group of friends who did the hacksaw didn't do it properly. He wasn't believing enough. So he was on the other side of the river getting tortured endlessly <laughs> just across the river. And they're like, sorry, sorry, dude, we would throw you some pizza, but we, we it won't go that far. <laughs> but anyway, so and then the demon doing that, we ended up, we liked this demon. Uh, and he became a character in this new thing which is only remotely related to what I've just told you. <laughs> it's sort of about a kind-hearted demon in hell who is put on these missions in Earth to do bad things, but really he'd rather just go visit his ex-girlfriend from when he was alive. Uh, and it's sort of about, you know... Yeah, so that's basically what it's about. Oh, Excellent. man. That's and that's awesome. a live-action show, right? Yeah, live-action show. And it's an edit right now. When it comes out officially, I would love to come back and talk to you guys more about it and maybe That's even totally. have some of the actors and, and, and yeah. so on. And, mm-hmm. Brandon, you, you, you talked about how you found out all the information about him, about Casper um, on IMDb and Wikipedia. Oh, totally. So I Googled Casper Kelly and went under images because I'd like to see who I'm talking to. And, oh, yeah. and the, sec- the first image is more stories about spaceships and cancer, the book cover. <laughs> but the second image is a cat in a tuxedo <laughs> with, a, with like a whole bunch like at a, sitting at a table like with his paws like up on the table like looking pissed and then there's like a whole bunch of hundred dollar bills around him <laughs> oh that's me oh, that's that's my secret is out oh, wow. that is awesome <laughs> did you guys hear that uh like the precursor to adult swim liquid television just came back what yeah Hmm. Liquid Television. MTV brought it back. It's I don't think it has a necessarily a television presence, but it does have an online presence. All the episodes of The Max are there. Beavis and Butthead, Daria, and all the crazy, crazy shorts from Cartoon Sushi, they're all there. I mean, I really and only liked stuff. I really only liked Aeon Flux. Well, gentlemen, any other Adult Swim questions? Well, actually, I usually ask people that we interview, um, regardless of what we're doing for, um, like if they have any specific rituals. And for instance, uh, if I'm not a writer, but if I were to write, I would maybe prepare myself by drinking, I don't know, half a bottle of gin and like half a pound of gummy bears. Like, do you have any specific... You would drink half a pound of... Well, I would eat the... Well, you can soak them in gin. Anyway, that's not important. I'm just asking. The important thing is like, do you have any rituals? Like, do you, do you have a bottle of cognac and a cigar before you write? Like, do you drink a, a massive amount of caffeine or, or are you just like, whatever, I'm doing it? I have no rituals. I envy people with rituals i envy like Don't, i'm just a procrastinator and i feel like i'm doing it di- like sometimes i'm doing it on a pad or on a laptop i i'm the opposite of ocd but i i envy ocd people because it seems like they're very disciplined you know and they get things done the only trick i've got like with the book here's a not a ritual exactly but i took online writing classes mm-hmm. not even to learn but just purely for the deadlines because in my <laughs> head it clicked as oh it's homework it's due I have to write that short story. That's great. Oh, wow. <laughs> if I'm just writing it on my own, I will. I can let a day slide. Yeah. I, but if it's like a homework assignment, even though it wasn't for a grade or anything, that trick worked. Huh. So I take classes. That's my one. It's not a ritual exactly, but it's my trick. I might need to one do trick. That. All right. So right now we're going to talk about what books we've read recently. 
uh, other than more stories about spaceships and cancer, of course. So, um, I've read, uh, started reading Paul Tobin's Prepare to Die. I'm a little over halfway through it, and uh, Paul Tobin is a comics writer. I was at uh, Heroes Con a few months ago and uh, saw that he was there with Colleen Coover, their uh, husband and wife uh, collaboratory team. Um, they write together sometimes, but uh, Colleen does a lot of art. She does um, she draws really cute, stylized girls and uh, got her start doing uh, sexy comics, actually, um, which uh, which Paul co-wrote and uh, since has moved on to doing all-ages Marvel comics. Ha-ha. Is that um, a good or a bad thing? No, it's great, actually. Okay. I mean, her, art, her art's <laughs> incredible. I'll... I'll I buy pretty much everything she does. I I, I love what she does. And she, she's not drawing Hawk and Dove. <laughs> no, no, she's not drawing Hawk and Dove. <laughs> so I don't I don't know whether or not Paul Tobin has actually uh, written like you know or, or published rather published uh, a work of prose before other than you know comic books. But he had this he had this for sale there, and I was curious. I liked the premise, so I, I picked it up. And uh, so far, it is quite awesome. The it's actually a it's a superhero novel. And, you know, there's lots of those out there. They'll be like, what, a novelization of uh, Batman Nightfall or a novelization of Mark Waid's Kingdom Come or stuff like that. And uh, I've never cared to read them. They're comic books. Why would I not read the comic book? Why would I read some random adaptation of I've even book? tried uh, reading originals about the in, about other characters like a Spider-Man book, and it just did not do it for me personally. And I'm sure. Hold on. Pause yeah. for one. I'm sorry. They novelize graphic novels? They used to. <laughs> they don't do it anymore. But they. But in the nineties, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's uh, always the it's, it's the accessibility issue. They're always trying to try and get more people involved in the character. It's, it's always accessible. And if we ever find one, we should really read one during an episode. So yeah. God, I wish I still had my Spider-Man. Book. It's horrible. <laughs> I, I would love to read the novelization of fucking Nightfall. It's it's awful as a comic book. I can only imagine. It's either improved or worsened by novel format. So, so guys, if you, uh, so Nerdy Show listeners, if you guys have any of these books, either if, if you want to send them to us, that's awesome, yeah. or you can scan us a PDF. That would be awesome. <laughs> and maybe we'll read it on the show. Send us an um, email at info at nerdyshow.com. So, so this book, Prepare to Die, I wasn't sure what to expect because, like, I was, I've, you know, I've stayed away from these superhero-based novels in the past, and I wasn't sure how it would translate. I would say that Paul Tobin does an exceptional job of enhancing the superhero experience by giving a first-person account of... Um, well, basically, he, he steps in the shoes of this character, and it is pretty incredible, actually, getting all this, like, the sights and smells and intricacies of, like, textures and everything from having, like, super strength. He really does a great job of embodying it. The uh, The book opens with uh, the situation of the superhero who's... who's uh, handle is Reaver, uh, kind of plain clothes going up to this uh, convenience store in the middle of nowhere on a cross-country drive and sees that it's being robbed by some inmates who'd recently escaped from a prison. Coming on this, the situation of them like beating up this woman, getting her out of the car, and what what may have happened inside the convenience store, and then uh, dealing with it. It was The action is actually incredible. If we had more time, I'd be like, let me, let me read you this thing. Uh, but the actual premise of the book is also very dynamic. It is that after many of Earth's heroes have gotten killed, and there's not a lot of what you'd call Superman level heroes, they're they're all a bit more their powers their power bases are though some of them exceptional, a bit more reserved. It's more like X Men level like characters rather than like catch all Superman powers. So not right? Mystery Men, more like X Men. Right. A yes. Step above not Mystery, mystery Men. Levels. So he he's one of the the last 
the last good guys out there, and there's a, still a fair amount of villains in there. And they've, they've kind of, for the last 10 to 15 years, there's been superheroes in the world. It hasn't been like a legacy thing. It hasn't been like, uh, you know, it's it's not like it's not like Watchmen where they've been around for for some time. They they're about to beat him. They're about to kill him. They get him in the situation, and he's as good as dead. And the, the, this guy um, who's basically the criminal mastermind of all of them, who's who's organized the criminals, uh, t- says, "Prepare to die." He says. Okay, give me two weeks, and which takes everyone back. And um, then you know most of them are like, "Well, fuck that!" And but then the leaders, the leader who's you know one of those kind of uh, uh, Moriarty style, yeah, like, like I'm better than you, right? He's like, "All right, two weeks, and then I'll come and I'll kill you." Uh, so he begins this. He he makes this list and then goes out. The first thing on it is to. Uh, reconnect with the girl who he didn't quite get to second base with before the accident happened that turned him into a superhero. <laughs> so it's like a bucket list. Yeah. Oh, it's a, cool. a superhero bucket list, and uh, he doesn't know what he's going to do or how he's going to approach it. And it has a, uh, the storytelling is nonlinear, so it constantly cool. bounces between. I mean, it, it is it is linear linear in that all all story is moving forward and not necessarily bouncing backwards but the, there's two there's two narratives going on constantly which is the the narrative of what's happening in present time as that progresses and then the first person narrator of reaver giving you backstory for stuff he does he does use the you know the device of talking about things as though you know what they are already or like withholding some painful memories until eventually they come out uh, but so far it's been with one notable exception all of that is you know, not felt forced and uh, and not been burdensome. I, I really love how he's writing the book, and the characters are all uh, sharp and exciting. Reaver's power is cool; it's very uh, unique. He he's got some kind of general enhanced strength, enhanced senses, but his very specific power is that the kinetic force of him punching something living, st- each punch strikes a year of life away from it. Oh, that's cool. And he oh. his his shitty catchphrases take some time off. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious oh reaver okay like soul reaver yeah or in general okay that's yeah cool. and so there's there's other superheroes and he ends up talking about them and their uh tragic fates and all that and so he has to punch someone a lot to the, kill them yeah yeah um unless depending on their age yeah or, or unless they were unless it has there's a certain amount of mysticism in the world there's like a there's a villain who has magic based power they don't really explain how it works but you know if someone was destined to die early it may just die Okay. You know, depending on when that was going to be. I mean, so far I'm really enjoying it. One one weird thing that's come up as I'm now uh, about two thirds into the book is I, I love I love the book that he and Colleen Coover did together, um, Small Favors, which is the yeah. erotic lesbian <laughs> series of books. Like they're like, what's great about them is they're adorable. Like they're they're erotic, they're super sexy, but they're also super cute. They're really good natured. It's like the most positive pornography I've ever read. It's just done for like just the joy of being like, just the joy of a bunch of cute, interesting girls having sex with each other. Wait, the cat. Yes. Is it, is it uh, Michael Showalter adorable? <laughs> um, what, well, okay. You mean like, like Michael Showalter's erotica about the, uh, the slutty well, right librarian? Well, no, as in like you have described Michael Showalter as adorable and now you have described this as adorable. So Do you I'm keep track of every time I say something's adorable? He no. does, actually. Michael Showalter is a, is a, a cute, sweater-wearing, gentlemanly kind of adorable and this is a cute, like, short-haired counterculture, like, girls giggling with each other and, and eating each other out kind of adorable. <laughs> oh, awesome. 
Well, you know, there's differing degrees right. of uh, adorable. Right. So, yeah, they also but, did a, a similar book that's not not erotic, but still has the same kind of girl culture in it called Gingerbread Girl, which is uh, really strange. It's about a girl who has some kind of personality disorder or something where she believes that she had a twin sister that her father pulled out of her brain and it sucked away parts of her emotions. That happened to me. So they, they've done they've done some cool stuff together, but they've got what I what I didn't really classify them as, but now that I'm reading this book, which is very, very different from those things, uh, I guess what I'd call Paul Tobin Girls. And Paul Tobin Girls are cute and sexy and fun and really great within the fantastical setting of, say, Small Favors. But then one shows up in this book, and it's totally out of place. And she is really adorable, again, um, and cute and sexy and fun. And if she were in Small Favors, I think she was great. But she sticks out like a sore thumb in this book. And I'm like, dude, why is this character in here? Even with that character being in there, it's still a great book. And I still like the character. It's just... Fan service? Uh, no, I don't even know if it's fan service. I think it's just like... I think he's just succumbing to his, his own interest, you know? <laughs> Whoosh! I'm illiterate. Turning the spotlight on Casper Kelly. I just... Uh, I know I'm very late, to, very late to the party, but I finally got around to reading uh, Sandman. I got the first book. So taking our role uh, for Luke what's that? being late. <laughs> so taking the role of Luke being late to everything. We have Casper being late. <laughs> I mean, that is really late, I know. Uh, <laughs> hey, guess what? I've only read volume I one. I want to talk to you guys about it because it was... And it's interesting, but I don't... So far, that's all I've read is that one book. I don't feel like it holds a candle to, like, Watchmen or Dark Knight or Elektra even. But I know that it's just beginning. Right. It's intriguing. So I guess it's just sort of like a, almost a, a forward to what's to come. I mean, yeah, are you guys huge fans? Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely is. Yeah, um, no, I uh, I actually have, I read, I forget exactly when it was that I read the Sandman books, but I absolutely, I absolutely love them. I love them so much that I tried to get Cap into them. And, and you know what, Colin? You did a good bought, job. Bought, I'm the problem. <laughs> and I bought him books. I bought him books for his birthday and Christmases, and like he's got like the first three books. But that that Homestuck problem, you know. Sandman is way more penetrable than Homestuck, dude. <laughs> no, I'm sure that it is. No, but I think I, I really enjoyed these books. I think they're they're very um, it's a very interesting take on the world is very well crafted. Yeah, and books. the more you get into it, the more it builds upon itself. Yeah. Damon has always been good at world building, but I feel that the Sandman, the Sandman world that he's created with all the, the Sandman siblings, um, is quite, uh, and, and, and the stories, the individual stories of all the, the, all of his siblings and the journeys that they go through. Cause it's not just about Dream, the main character. It's, it's also about all the other people, all the other. The endless. Characters. Yeah, exactly. And it's very, very intriguing. And it's very fun. As you go through the book, it just gets better and better and better as you go through the book. I actually have some uh, Neil Gaiman news. He yeah. recently won a Hugo Award <laughs> yeah. for uh, writing a, an episode of Doctor Who last season. Wait, which episode? Uh, the one where the, the TARDIS was put into a woman. The, the doctor's I remember wife. that episode. Why did he get a Hugo for that? He wrote it. But it wasn't particularly like a standout. It was pretty good. I mean, it was okay. He won, he won Maybe a Hugo. it was just Matt Smith's fault. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Wow, that was really catty. That was really catty. Whatever. I'm just letting I'm you know. You, Brandon. Yeah. I'm with you. Whatever. And um, he's got a weird forehead. <laughs> I like can't argue with that. He looks like that. Frankenstein. And uh, it was also announced that uh, for this upcoming season, uh, Neil Gaiman will be writing another episode. 
Well, what about what else happened during during Neil Gaiman's speech at the Hugo? Oh, Award? Yeah, you, would, you wouldn't know that he won the Hugo. Award. Yeah, if you were watching at home, uh, live streaming the event from Worldcon, you would not have been able to watch it because uh, the automated bots watching the live stream of Ustream caught on that they were about to play a clip from Doctor Who going, I do not know if they have the copyright of that or not, so I will just shut down the stream. <laughs> Is that what happened? Yes. Yep. Yeah, the, these bots just observed the the images coming at them, like completely automated. Straight and, up neighbor bank. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and did and you hear that that, yeah. that actually happened at the Democratic National Convention? It did. On Michelle YouTube, Obama too. What? What? I didn't know. Man, this is rampant. Okay, so this is. I mean, I'm glad it happened. I actually well posted a. The, there's a follow up link on uh, on Wired. Why are robots censoring shit? Who lets this happen? Well, uh, you, Ustream's worried about copyright infringement, so they do this. Yeah. But clearly, it's gone too far, and I'm glad it happened at the Democratic National Convention because now, for certain, it won't go unnoticed. Yeah, because they're like, oh, whatever, a bunch of nerds are complaining they didn't get to see and the And now new, they're going to be like, we need to pass Neil a They're Neil Gaiman. They didn't care about that. But when the Michelle Obama goes, uh-uh, I'm Flotus, you are paying attention <laughs> to me, then... Well, what, what the hell did they do at the Democratic National Convention? I don't exactly. They were going to show a clip of Doctor Who, actually. <laughs> <laughs> he rides in a blue thing. That makes sense. Because only he can save us. <laughs> I don't. Have we gotten off topic at this a, point? A bit. Um, and actually, yeah. Uh, I was sorry. I was trying to avoid the whole streaming thing. Sa- Sandman news. If anyone hasn't caught it yet, uh, Neil oh, Gaiman yeah. announced at Comic Con that he's actually writing the prequel to Sandman, something he's been considering doing for a while. In fact, something he pitched to DC a while back. Is it called... And they wouldn't pay him for it, but they're paying for it now. Oh, yeah. Is it called Sandboy? (laughs) (laughs) That's a classic joke. Shut up. Shut up and laugh. Face palm. I'm funny. And also, too, apparently I heard heard that the the book, was it The Dreaming? That goes after... The Sandman series that's not written by Gaiman, but I heard that, that was also pretty good, as well as the Lucifer series, um, which details. Yeah. Uh, and Lucifer if you can find print. Lucifer, it's currently out of print, so um, snatch it up if you see it. Lucifer's always yep. out of print. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, I haven't read Lucifer personally, but I heard that that's very good. Yeah, I heard it's let good me, too. Let me ask Casper a question because I, I don't feel like he's getting to talk enough. So let me let me ask you a specific question, Casper. Do you have? Yeah. Any specific favorite or book that's inspired you more than any other that you can think of? Just like a book off the top of your head that you love more than anything that you read maybe growing up or currently? Definitely Vonnegut, but one book that I really love is this book called The Mezzanine Hmm. by this guy Nicholson Baker. Uh, In the entire book, it's a slender book, but it's it's his, it's this office drones one hour lunch break, but it's everything he thinks about uh, while on the lunch break. Oh. And that sounds really dry, but it is, it's like a tiny Ulysses, but it's hilarious. It uh, sounds a lot like the work talks, in your book, actually. Oh, so. yeah. I was gonna say, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, it has so many little details that I'd never thought about. There, there used to be these type of straws that when you put in the Coke can, they would float. Mm-hmm. So when you're trying to eat a pizza, it would be hard to try to get your mouth to hit the straw to drink it. You know, uh, just little details that I was like, wow, you know, anyway, huh. it's really great. Oh, but don't take my word for it. What about you, Colin? What have I been reading? Well, I started I started to read a book. This is, I, I read 150 pages of this book called Angelology. Uh, it was, I was interested in it because it was getting some, some, some moderate buzz, and I'm actually really interested in the mythology of angels. And, uh, just watch Dr. Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, um, 
you know, like dogma, like Kevin Smith dogma type uh, mythology of angels, like all the different tiers Seraphim of angels. and Lullablim yeah. and Cherubim. Yeah, etc. So um, basically the way this book is is that uh, it was touted as this, this book that delves into that world. And it started off with this character named like Sister Evangeline, um, who starts off in a convent in like 1999, and she is in a convent, and that's kind of all the character that they give her there's not they they kind of go back and forth as to who this person is like she's she's an orphan and she was the daughter of these two angelologists and the book starts with them finding this preserved angel in a cave um not not evangeline but some random team finding this this preserved angel in a cave and then they're like oh it's intact and etc and blah 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 apparently there's this kind of secret war between the angels and the humans because, uh, well, actually, I don't know. Because after 150 pages, pages, I was so fed up with the fact that they, she, the author, uh, Danielle Trusani, it just never got anywhere. I mean, like 150 pages, and there was no information about the world. It was just back and forth as to what was happening in, in this, in this, in there was no plot. No plot happened in 150 pages. And how is that even possible? And <laughs> so I just put it down because I, I didn't have the time to. Time is precious. Time is precious. And you know what? We I haven't have stopped time it yet. To read your shitty book. And, <laughs> you know, it's just not, uh, it's just not good. This is the only time that I've ever, the second time in my life that I've ever put down, um, ever put down a book. And it's, so you're, you're, so there you go, Tristani. But yeah. It had a whole bunch of buzz on book lists, and apparently it's going to be getting a, a movie made. And I, well, after after reading a hundred, yeah, after reading hundred fifty pages, it seems like it's kind of like a cash cow. It's it's like very twilighty in that in that kind of cash cow type of deal. You know, there's like a romance and all that kind of stuff, but the romance never really comes to fruition. And there's oh, an God. angel bad guy. Would you say it's not written well? <laughs> it's not. Okay. It's not written well. How many pages and are there in the Did book? I smell money? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I think it's 500 pages, I think. Around Damn, there, 150 and is more than a fourth, and it's still nothing. So I got 150 pages into the book. <laughs> and so I was like, I really want to stop reading this book. I didn't want to screw over my investment that I already made into this book. I already spent, you know, 150, wor- 150 pages worth of time into this book. You know, I wanted to see what happened with it because just dedicating, just uh, to honor my own time. So I went on Amazon and looked for a review, and basically they said that it doesn't have an ending. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, so many people on Amazon talk about, like, it doesn't have an ending, the the book does not get any better, there's a great (laughs) climax, but then it just ends really poorly, and it's obvious that she knew she was going to write another book, and yada, 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 and I was like, no, fuck this, and put it down. One of the titles on Amazon is uh, of, of a review is Gossip Girl for Armchair Theologians. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Does that give you any, any idea as to what's going on? Colin, but, um, is, is angelologist a real word they use in the book? Oh, yeah. You're shitting yeah. me. That's, a, <laughs> that's terrible. It's about a scientist who studies the angels. Yeah. I'm actually so, uh, kind of interested in the whole story of the, the angels as well, like, as a kid growing up, like uh, growing up Christian, I'm like, so uh, Lucifer is this fallen angel, but when God made the heaven and the earth, uh, Lucifer was kind of sitting there waiting. Where did this whole epic war happen? Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oops. So, 
but apparently the yeah. war is still happening, like according, according to this book. But yeah, it's 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 uh, it sounds that's the thing. That's why I picked it up. It sounded interesting, but it wasn't. So I do not <laughs> give it the uh, I do not give it the Aunt Nancy feel of approval. Oh, how many oh, elements? Five, but don't take his word for it. Five, how many elements does it get, Colin? Out of five well, elements, how many does it one get? One half. One half, so um, half of an like, element. It's like, it's like you know, Bruce Willis is like searching for the match. Like that's what's happening. <laughs> the whole book, okay. The whole, the whole book. But so, so I, I put that book down, and now I am a quarter of the way through the second book of Game of Thrones, and it is just as awesome as the first one. So, hooray! Yeah. So that's the only book that I'm going to be reading for like three months, besides whatever book we're reading, you know, on the side. <laughs> What about you, Hex? And then we'll talk about what book we are reading on the side. I read WYSIWYG, which we've already talked about. No, it's... I hate you. The (laughs) story of a serial hacker. Uh, We already went into that in a previous episode, so I don't want to go into it too much, but I will... I did. I loved it. I mean, I'm all into that. I'm all into the, like, the, the, the... That age of... But being there on the advent of the internet, yeah, and and the well, you can hook up your laptop to a random phone booth and hack the internet. Oh with yeah, three D cyberspace. Yes, sir. Yeah, I love it. And um, but I will take this moment to uh, since it's about to be, since I'm working on it. Um, Hex wrote a book. I'm yeah. I'm, I wrote a book called Alan, and it is nearing completion. And so uh, it's a story of an artificial intelligence. Yep, a book about what it means to exist. It follows the story of a synthetic life form named Alan. Figuring out exactly what it means to to exist and trying to be officially sanctioned artificially intelligent and just once he feels that that is the big hurdle in life and that once he gets that figured out everything gets figured out after that and I do use um, the male pronoun for him and I actually go into why he prefers to the male pronoun in the book and and so it's it basically takes place in uh, 2017 and it's assuming accidentally in some guy's garage this artificial intelligence is spawned from genetic programming uh which is just self-modifying code it's not actually anything uh dr moreau-esque and so this it just follows him evolving as an entity developing eyes developing ears developing an actual body by with with the help of his programmer with the yeah with the help of his programmer garth uh developing it for him and uh, so originally the Kickstarter was meant to be $500, and in five hours it was funded. <laughs> yeah. No, congratulations on that. I, I have to say that I, I, I'm one of the funders, and I did it just for the sole purpose that you have to thank me. <laughs> in writing. Uh, seeing how I'm going to be uh, having you help me with the Ellen podcast, <laughs> I'm probably going to be helping, uh, thanking you a lot, Colin. <laughs> Everybody has to see it. <laughs> but it will be written uh, for uh, forever and ever. So Those if you're listening towns. to this and you didn't have a chance to do, to support Alan, you will, of course, still be able to, you'll be able to buy Alan. Yes. Uh, when, it, when it comes out. You will be able to, as soon as the Kickstarter is done, you'll be able to pre-order a copy of Alan. And you'll also be able to listen to the Alan podcast, which will chronicle the entire book. Yes. You're on Nerdy Show. What music do you got for us, Hex? Funny you should ask, Alan actually has a theme song made by DJ RoboRob called Alan, semicolon, Compute. And uh, since I just yammered on about Alan, I thought I'd uh, Let's play a whole it. segment by Alan. Yeah, it's so, a great track. Uh, here is DJ RoboRob. This is 
theme specifically made for Alan, so this will be on the themes on the uh, podcast. Enjoy Alan Compute. We'll 
All right, guys. So we've talked a lot about this uh, current episode's book of the month. So you may be wondering what next book you'll be reading along with the Nerdy Show community. And this time, it's Brandon's turn to pick. Hey, and I, I don't read a lot of books because I'm I'm practically illiterate. Um, oh, and if there's, Brandon, if there's... this isn't going to be a goddamn bird book, is it? <sighs> not not this time. It's going to be a kid book like uh, the Pokey Little Puppy? Well, I do like uh, Don't Give the Pigeon a Hot Dog. Um, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> but, um, and you may hate me for this, the book I've chosen is Ender's Shadow. And there's very good reason for this. Um, Ender's Game came out a long time ago, like 15, 20-something years ago. During the 80s. Yeah, the 80s. This book was written 15 years later, and I think it's just as good. I don't know if it's because it kind of rides off the coattails of Ender's Game, but it's definitely one of the best books he's ever written. Um, which he, he being mm-hmm. Orson Scott Card. Oh, yeah, it, um, it, it brought the whole uh, the Orson Scott Card mystery to my attention, which is that he had one really good book, and then for 15 years, a lot of terrible books, and then another really good book, and then after that one, a lot of terrible books. So in my eyes, he's only written basically two good books, and this is one. Although you saying that uh, mm. is, is not necessarily true. No, it's true. The, 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 the four books in the series of Ender's Game mm-hmm. like uh, are, are really, really good. Okay, you read about Space Brazil for four or five books, okay? I tried that. I hated it. There's no character development. It's terrible. Now, basically, <laughs> basically moving on, Ender's Shadow is about um, the character Bean from Ender's Game. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, and it, it basically goes through his entire struggle um, of him growing up and living and surviving and goes completely into his backstory of how he even got to the battle school. And then it goes into every single event that happened in Ender's Game um, while he's at the battle school, and it shows everything that's happened behind the scenes. And there's a lot of events that happen in Ender's Game that are because of this character being that you don't really know of. Now, I don't know if that's just him correcting mistakes from the first game or trying to de- uh, fix, you know, plot holes uh, by doing this 15 years later, but he does it really, really well. There's a whole other story that takes place at the same time with Bean, and it's amazing. And in some, some parts, it's actually way better than Ender's Game. And it devalues Ender. So say I haven't read Ender's Game, which despite the failings of Orson Scott Card is still one of the greatest books I've ever read. Mm-hmm. If I haven't read Ender's Game, am I going to be able to read Ender's Shadow along with the rest of the community? Is that is that advisable? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but like I, I can't imagine reading this book without the first one because the, the first, first one was so yeah the first one was so amazing that and then in this one you're like oh my god that's why that happened or holy crap I didn't realize that was going on at the same time that was really well mm. done so we may be giving you a double header in that respect yeah. however I if most you, people if you haven't read Ender's Game you should you really need to read it it's, like that's, that's really good. you should drop whatever it is you're reading because Ender's Game is better than whatever it is you're reading yeah and if if you really need to read another Orson Scott card book and then the best one is Ender's Shadow. So really, it's it's basically you can read those two and then put Orson Scott card down to bed uh, forever. So I, I I don't know. Speaker for the Dead was really good, Brandon. Boring, <laughs> boring, Colin. It was oh, Ender's there goes Redemption. old boring philosophers, Colin. It is Ender's Redemption. I like to read about philosophy. Don't forget Angelology. There is no redemption. Nothing happens. Everyone speaks Portuguese by the end of like the second Ender's Game book, and then that's it. Everyone speaks Spanish, and he has to have like an addendum at the beginning of every book explaining how to pronounce everyone's name for like twenty minutes of reading that, and then it's just like, oh, he's you're just biased. You're just biased because of the. And then he just repeats the same plot every book, but he just can't quite reach that level of Ender's Game writing. But don't take my word for it. 
Yeah. All right, so, Brian. Ender Shadow, hey, read that. You guys know we're going to do a, a reading of an of a adaptation of a film. Before we do that, we just want to remind you all, Nerdy Show is a listener-supported podcast, and we couldn't make all these shows without you. It's completely listener-funded. Uh, so we want to, you know, give shout outs to people who've uh, who've supported us in the past. Now you may you may notice that Nerdy Show's release schedule has been a little erratic lately, and I've been um, pretty open about that online. Is that we're actually undergoing some uh, reconstruction of when we record, how we record, basically general Nerdy Show stuff. So our core shows like book club and just general Nerdy Show stuff is being a little erratic for the next couple months. But don't worry, we're working on some very big things. We're not going anywhere, and um, we do. Yeah, we should be on. Well, we should be back on track. Uh, after September, but don't take my word for it. <laughs> In the meantime, though, we've got all kinds of new programming at the Nerdy Show Network. Uh, Wicked Anime, our uh, Nerdy Showcase video series, just started doing a monthly podcast, or possibly every other week podcast, um, uh, just all about anime and uh, and Asia Land news in general. And um, you know, I don't watch a lot of anime. In fact, I don't like a lot of anime. But the show is actually. Um, I like it enough to put it on the network, so... You said Asia Land News. I did say okay. Asia Land News. Is that racist? I don't know. Okay, we'll find out I later. have no idea. Is it racist? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is. Okay, thanks, Colin. <laughs> also, we recently started uh, Epic Piecast, which is a podcast, a monthly podcast, from Nelson Lugo of Epic Win Burlesque and Schaefer the Dark Lord. That is awesome. I just listened to that the other day. If you just want to hear uh, Schaefer and Lugo like shooting the shit about all sorts of awesome stuff, like in their like hilarious, brilliant minds, you need to listen to that podcast because it is great. They, they great. call themselves the Abbott and Costello of nerddom, and I think they're right. So yeah, it's it's a great show. We're we're thrilled to be bringing you guys that, and you know you can always look forward to more awesome stuff released via Nerdy Show Network, yeah. and, and look forward to more Nerdy Show core programming in the near future. I want to give a shout out to everybody who's supported us because our current support drives, um, we don't have time for any bells and whistles. We want to make good on all of our previous content that we uh, we got coming to you. Uh, for example, the Weekend at Bernie's fanfic that you guys commissioned us to uh, to write, Weekend at Bernie's 3, Night of the Living Bernie. We're working on that. It's my fault it's been delayed. Blame me. Brandon, and I, Brandon and I did a lot of research. Uh, we watched yeah. both the films. We took a bunch of notes. We read a bunch about it. it. Looks like Weekend at Bernie's is having some kind of weird pop cultural resurgence. We'll talk about that in a later show. Uh, but we're going to be bringing that to you, and we're happy to announce that uh, none other than Casper Kelly is going to be joining us in the roster of writers uh, oh, writing shit. chapters of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he remembers that from saying that earlier in the episode. <laughs> well, I'll remind him. Yeah. <laughs> the way, the hey, whatever... Way- whatever uh- Brandon writes, so I'm going to try to make it even dirtier. <laughs> you can try. That's going to be a, a tough challenge. We'll see. <laughs> challenge accepted. Bernie's going to get a visit from Neighbor Bank, trademark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So we're, we're doing it kind of like an exquisite corpse. Every person is writing a different chapter and then building off the person before that. It's going to be all over the place, but uh, but amazing. <laughs> so uh, look forward to that in the near future. We'll be publishing it as, um, as we get the uh, chapters in and putting it up on the site. I want to give a shout out to the people who supported us. In August, we got $500 in support money. It actually takes uh, for all of our um, studio rent, internet for the Minecraft server, and uh, and electricity bills and everything. We, we have about an average of uh, $300 a month that we need to make in order to keep Nerdy Show alive. And anything extra goes into auxiliary projects like um, better recording equipment and so on. So uh, in August, 
we hit we hit our goal of uh, $300, and that was all thanks to Didi Neuro, Durafago, Stuart Edney, Mauron, Tyler Conrad, Nicholas oh. Dinsmore, Viral Demon, Barry Eye, Big Bad Shadowman, Kevin Wise, Philip Smith, Trench88, Arceus, Benjamin Britt, John Giacetta, Caitlin Kruger, uh, and a name that I'm probably going to butcher, Ein Echorchenchen. Okay, yeah, I did definitely <laughs> Let me see butchered. That. What was the name? Where is it? Where is it? Point You'll it. see it. It's the last row. Last row. Okay. Up top, uh, it says August. Um, Ein Echorchen. Yeah, fuck it. I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. Ein Echorchen. Ein Echorchen. No, Ein uh, Echorn. Yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah, you can't do it either. Eich- Hörnchen. Eichhörnchen. Ein Eichhörnchen. What, did you take German or something? Yeah. That sounds Chinese. <laughs> right. man. It's unicornchen. That's what it is. But, but the O-E <laughs> is meant to be uh, like an umlaut, so it's a hör. Like hör. Or unicornchen. Yes, unicornchen. Now on unicornchen, you two are now back into my favorite. <laughs> And Frozen Treasure. Uh, collectively, they helped us raise $500 for the month of August, which is awesome. The extra money we're, we're compiling right now is helping us pay off the purchase of a PreSonus AudioBox 1818 VSL, which is enabling us to do multi-track recording and help us sound better than ever. And um, we'll talk some more about the support perks in just a moment, but I wanted to read some messages from people who wrote to us. Didi Neuro said, I'm a huge fan of the show. This is really the first time I've had much of anything to give. I wouldn't be doing any of the cool things I'm doing if it weren't for you guys. Aww. It's awesome, man. What cool things is he doing? We don't um, know. Making music? Oh, okay. I thought it was like murdering hookers. Okay, keep going. Uh, Durafago said, couldn't make it to Nerdapalooza this year, so this is also an appreciation for streaming it. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Yeah, no, that was awesome. Actually, it was really fun. We had a nerdy show meetup, and it was really great to meet a, a lot of you guys, and it was really nice to uh, put they, faces they to the They kidnapped me <laughs> and took me out for Bloody Marys that were really spicy. The nerdy show fans did this. Yes, yeah. and I appreciate it. It burned my mouth. It was great. Yeah. And if you couldn't make it to this year's Nerdapalooza, well, there's two Nerdapaloozas for you to make it out to next year. Uh, one in New York in February, and then, of course, Nerdapalooza in Orlando during the summer. Are you, are yeah. you going to start calling it Nerdapalooza Prime? No, because PAX is a prime. Um, Nerdapalooza is Nerdapalooza. Yeah, and all other Nerdapaloozas are Nerdapalooza CSI Miami. <laughs> SUV, SD. NTSFSD SUV. So Nerdapalooza NYC is Nerdapalooza SVU. Viral Demon says, love supporting you guys, so I'm going to throw some more money at you. Thank you. I like that. Uh, Barry I says, I love everything you do, ever. And Trench88 yeah. says, here's to seeing the awesome continue for a long time to come. And Cassie Muldrow said, supporting Epic Podcast. Really want to hear more than just the pilot. Great stuff. Yay. So awesome. uh, we've every month we add more support perks that we send you in the mail. You could just send us a dollar and we'll still send you a slew of everything that's come thus so far. The stuff we added last month was two things from uh, Nothing is Free in Riverworld. One of them new this month, actually. We sent a fully mixed alternate take of our Waterworld novel reading. Mm. And then Mike Checkout takes. And this month in September, we're also debuting Tony, myself, and Local Shop's original sketches of D&D characters. The first times we ever drew them, we're uh, sending a, an image of all that so you can see all of our wonky-ass VMAC, Jennifer, uh, Jamela, and Cher. Speaking of D&D, we know that it's kind of been a little bit of hiatus, guys. We've got a lot of really, 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 really great stuff planned, and we have not forgotten about the support drive that we did a, a while back. That is in the schedule. We just have to work out what is happening in this 
current story arc. When but, you see what we're doing for the next two episodes, you're going to understand why. Well, three episodes really. You're gonna you're gonna understand why there's been a lag here. So bear with us. Uh, and, and and we and then we will also announce the uh, the next. Uh, the winners of the uh, D&D Fan contest. contest, yeah. Yep. And our next D&D episode, actually. Yep. All right, guys. Are you ready? You ready for a reading? What we're reading from today is uh, is the novelization of Jim Henson's Labyrinth. Uh, it's written by A.C.H. Smith, and it's an adaptation of Cherry- Terry Jones's script. There's a lot of things that were different about Terry Jones's script from what ended up being the final shooting script for the film, one of which being that in the end, Jareth ended up just being a regular goblin using some kind of glamour magic, which I'm really glad they changed. This is a, probably a late script that this is based on, uh, but there's there is actually a um, a scene in this adaptation that uh, didn't make it into the film. Uh, as you may remember, the after after Sarah meets uh, Ludo, she comes Ludo. across two knockers. <laughs> yeah, she yeah, yeah. across two fourteen-year-old knockers. Yeah. I love the tribute across them. Knocker. Right. Oh, jeez. Come across, man. Tribute. Yep. <laughs> oh, Damn boy. Um, <laughs> and she only ends up going in one door. In this one, she tried out both doors. Oh, wow. Oh, this chapter's called Another Door Opens. It's very rude to stare, said the first knocker. The one with the ring set its ears. Sarah jumped, not accustomed to the habit that normally inarticulate things had in the labyrinth of speaking their minds. I'm sorry, she said, though she felt that she was scarcely to blame for assuming that a door knocker wouldn't have no mind to speak, let alone blunt opinions on acceptable social behavior. I was just wondering which door to choose, that's all. What? The first knocker asked. Sarah was about to reply that where she came from to say what was thought just as rude as staring, but before she could open her mouth, she heard a mumbling noise from behind her. It was the second knocker with the ring in its mouth. It said something like, Don't talk with your mouth full! The first knocker said primly, Sarah addressed the second knocker. I don't understand what you're saying. Then she realized what the problem was. Ah, she said. Wait a moment. What is that? The first knocker inquired. Sarah took hold of the ring in the second knocker's mouth and pulled. It came easily. The face looked tremendously relieved. It exercised the muscles around its jaw and chin with evident pleasure. (laughs) Oh, oh, good. I said it's no good talking to him. Oh, dear no me. He's deaf's a pulse, that one. I can tell you. The first knocker said, Mumble, mumble, mumble. Bless you. You're a wonderful conversational companion, I must say. You should talk, the second knocker yelled back. All you do is moan. It's no good, the first knocker said in a matter-of-fact voice. Can't hear you. Sarah looked at the second knocker. Where do these doors lead, she asked it. What? Asked the first knocker. Search me. The second one answered her. We're just the knockers. (laughs) Sarah said, reflecting that she ought to have known better than to expect a simple answer. Well, she had to try either one door or the other. She chose the second one, having engaged in discourse with it. However slightly, she felt it would somehow have been discourteous to turn her back and choose its neighbor. On the other hand, it could be that the knockers would prefer their doors not to be opened. She shouldn't take it for granted that the knockers would like people to make use of them. Every either had its oar. If she weighed the implications of every alternative, 
would she ever get to make a choice at all? When one door opens, so does another one. She had committed herself to the second door by now, with her hands against it, so she went ahead and pushed. It didn't budge, so she pushed harder. She leaned her shoulder against the door. It was as solid as the wall it was set in. She thought of asking Ludo to help her. His gigantic bulk would surely open the door. But she wasn't sure it was the right door to choose, and so instead, she asked another question. How do we get through? Ha! said the first knocker. The second one, with an arch smile, replied, Knock, and the door will open. Ah! She looked at the ring she held, and went to pull it back in the second knocker's mouth. He made a face. Mm-mm. I don't want that thing back in my mouth. And he clamped his lips tightly shut and refused to open them even when she put the ring against his mouth. Oh, do come on! Sarah said encouragingly. I want to knock! He shook his head stubbornly. Hmm! Commented the first knocker, morosely as usual. Doesn't want the ring back in his mouth? Can't say I blame him. Then... Sarah said, pushing down the ring. I'm afraid I'll have to bother you instead. She walked over to the first knocker and took hold of its ring. Ow! Oh! The first knocker protested. Sarah took no notice. She knocked twice upon the heavy door. It swung open. Cautiously, she put her head through the doorway to see what was beyond. She heard giggles and sputters of suppressed laughter, honks and hoots. Instinctively, she started to grin herself and went farther through the doorway. She turned, waiting for Ludo to follow her. He remained in the doorway, shaking his head. Come on, Ludo! He shook his head again. Well, she thought, you can't do any harm to see where this might lead. She would come back for Ludo if she spotted the castle. She was in a sunlit forest with clumps of banks of flowers, daisy-decked hillocks, dingles and dells, shady trees all around. The laughter was infectious. Giggling, she looked hard for the creatures who were enjoying all this merriment. All she could see were the forest plants. Who is it? She called out, chuckling. From right behind her came a laughing snort. She spun around and saw a tree's branch moving to cover a hollow in its trunk that just might have been its mouth. It was the tree! She declared. Tree, wasn't it you? That sparked off a tinkle of giggles at her feet. She looked down and saw a cluster of bluebells shivering and shaking together with amusement. Oh, look! She exclaimed, falling to her knees and giggling with them. They were beside themselves with hilarity now. The tree above her could hold it no longer. It exploded in a bellow of mirth. Sarah drew her head back and joined in. It was a signal for a general outburst. A tree stump nearby was laughing in a deep, crackled voice. Birds on a branch were hopping and cackling. Another tree was rocking. Ferns waved about. Squirrels and mice peeped from their holes with tears in their eyes. Sarah was helpless with laughing, catching a breath. She panted, What are we laughing at? I don't know. The tree above her roared. (laughs) The whole forest shook. Even the grass on the ground was trembling. Sarah was feeling faint. She sat down. Please, please, I must stop. She clutched her sides. In response, the laughter around her redoubled. (laughs) It reached a pitch of hysterical shrillness. I've never laughed so much in my life. Sarah gasped flat on her back. Birds convulsed with mirth fell out of the trees, hit the ground head first. She saw their eyes were mad with pinprick pupils. Other creatures came screaming from under the roots of trees, and as they approached her, she managed to sit up, alarmed by their sinister gaping mouths and crazed eyes. Still laughing, she, mo- she moaned, Oh, please, please, I 
tree can't stop! The tree howled, and the whole forest screeched in reply. She got to her feet. Her body and mouth were shaking uncontrollably, but her eyes were haggard. Stop! She whispered. Stop! She staggered back towards the open doorway and collapsed, shrieking hysteria across the back. She raised her head. She saw Ludo just outside the door and held up her hand for help. He looked very uneasy and wouldn't come inside the door, but he held his arm towards her and nodded his great head in encouragement. Her eyes fixed on him. She dragged herself across the last few yards until until he could bend down, pick her up, take her from take her outside and shut the door. The laughter stopped dead. The breeze in the leaves in the maze outside was the sweetest sound she'd ever heard. It took her some time to recover. Ludo watched over her anxiously. When she stood up, sniffed, and gave him a smile, he said, Ludo, glad. Sarah, glad. She answered and ruffled his head. There was nothing for it but to try the other door. She walked across it, picking up the ring. I'm sorry, she said, and pushed the ring against the knocker's lips. He pursed his mouth and resisted. And basically, that's the movie continues on after that. But that that fucked up and particularly challenging to shoot scene, I don't think was ever attempted to be shot. Like that seems like it. Like honestly, reading that, it seems like more something out of scene out of uh, Evil Dead Two. I don't know why I used that voice, but it always comes back to that. So I I couldn't. It was like the uh, yeah. It was like the queen. It was the queen of England. Don't don't touch my horses. Don't touch my horses, Colin. Tea and crumpets all around for my guests, but don't touch my horses. <laughs> Ever. And I couldn't help but do the voice of the second knocker, because I loved his voice. Well, yeah, it's very iconic. You can talk, all you do is moan. No good. Can't hear you. <laughs> I, I couldn't, I couldn't. And this has been a long episode, so um, <laughs> yes, it thank has. you for putting up with us. Th- yes. Thank you for thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. In fact, we get a lot of fan letters, particularly about book club, and uh, and it's it's awesome. You guys have been sending out some really killer recommendations. We're always eager to check out new cool books, and uh, we love uh, we love interacting with you guys. So hit us up on the forums. We got actually a, um, a posting on the forums called Ask Nerdy Show whatever stuff. Ask Nerdy Show stuff is I think what it's called. Um, <laughs> By all means, ask us what's up. I know that while we're not uh, continually producing fresh episodes every single week, sometimes you can wonder, you know, what's the deal? And uh, and also, like, just general things about about the show and what we're up to. So um, it's a place to, to go and, and interact with the community. If you haven't interacted with the community yet, man, what Nerdy Show now? listeners are great. Obviously, you're listening to this, so you're pretty cool. I mean, don't There's you... There's cool people out there on the forums. Don't you want to go where everybody knows your name? <laughs> Nerdy Show Yeah, forums. like Mauron. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> And Unicorn Chan. <laughs> unicorn Chan. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. We, we hope you enjoyed it. Any comments about this episode? Um, any questions you have for uh, for Casper or anything? Just uh, post them on the Nerdy Show forums and we'll uh, we'll make sure he sees them and uh, and so on and so forth. And uh, so and we need yeah. to especially thank Casper Kelly, a.k.a. Plain Old Chris, for coming on the show. <laughs> So thank you for putting up with us. Yes, I think, that's, I think that should be your new pen name, Plain Old Chris. <laughs> Just go to plainoldchris.com. <laughs> we're buying it right now. Plain Old Chris news. <laughs> so don't Here forget, 
Our, uh, our next read-along book is Ender's Shadow. We'll have a link to, wor- link to where you can pick that up uh, on this episode's page. And if you buy it through our links on the page, it actually does send a little bit of money our way. Very, 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 very little money, but something. So if you're going to pick it up anyway, go for it. And of course, you can pick up more stories about spaceships and cancer also via our links. You can get it signed by Casper uh, Kelly. And we'll have links to where you can do all that on this episode's page. Thanks for listening. Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Hex. Bye, I'm Brandon. I'm Colin. Bye, I'm Casper. And the song we're going to be going out to is uh, by our good pal Adam Warrock. He recently did a 24-hour rapathon to raise money because uh, someone stole his MacBook Pro. <laughs> and instead of bitching about it, he was like, well, I guess I'm going to stay up for 24 hours and rap and uh, hope that people will give me money to encourage me to keep rapping. And uh, any excess money he made over the amount needed to ma- purchase a new MacBook Pro, he donated to Rain, the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network. And uh, he Is that ended for up- or against? It's <laughs> it's against all of that. Way to go! Well, Way to turn a serious hardcore. And he wrote a check for one thousand two hundred forty-three dollars and eighty-seven cents for that. So that's awesome. the amount of money that went over his amount for the MacBook Pro. That That's should prevent cool. at least a month's worth of uh, incest. Really, really great. He's a great guy. <laughs> he is a really cool guy. And uh, to emphasize exactly how great he is, this is a track called Old Man Logan. And it is, uh, it's Adam Warrock quality track. It was like the third track he did in. And it was the first nerdy one that he did. But you should go to adamwarrock.com and check out all of the free tracks that he did for the 24-hour rapathon. Thanks for listening once again. Here we go. This song's pretty awesome, but don't take our words for it. We'll see you next time on Nerdy Show Book Club. Enjoy.
the noticer. Noticer brought to you by Comic Shop, Nerdapalooza, playing trailer reader, and listeners like you. If you enjoyed the new hold, support Nerdicer by telling a friend, picking up some notes at the Nerdicer, or donate directly to receive exclusive perks. For more episodes of Nerdicer, Dungeons and the Reader, video contests, and other nerdy programming, visit Nerdicer.com. Scabbers 420 somewhere. You can subscribe to our Nerdicer podcast through the iTunes Store. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Tumblr. That was wrong. That would have fucked up. What I tell you about cussing? <laughs> no, you don't get on me. Don't you rag on me, you son of a bitch. Fuck you. And get social with us, Noticer Nerd. Stop hanging out with Shake. At noticer.com. For I hang out with Shake that time I want to. You tell me I will suck your, you suck your balls, you son of a bitch. He's not your friend, me boy. He tries to kill you. Man, he, he my friend. You tell me who my friend is. You go put yourself in the washing machine. <laughs> All right, well, I've had it with you. You fucked it. Check it out. Go ahead. And the DeFalks. Uh, Casper, how do you say that name? DeFalk? What's that? It's a, it's a uh, last name. It's a D-E-F-A-L-Q-U-E. DeFalk. Oh, DeFalk. DeFalk. Okay. Oh, DeFalk you. <laughs> Three, two, one. That's convenient. <laughs> 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 True. Uh, three, two, one. I'm sorry, it appears you may have mistakenly jostled us with your baseball bat and we are baseball bat. <laughs> Wait, there's not there's too many <laughs> fucking syllables. Baseball bat Baseball Okay. Yeah, as he's getting as he's getting hit, he's turning into he's getting changed into I'm not ball. changing into a Japanese robot meaning I'm sorry you it appears that you may have a mistaken li- No, sorry. <laughs> Three, two, one. Look inside your son's anus compartment for an exclusive coloring brochure. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man! God, you're breaking me. Okay. <sighs> Deep breaths. <sighs> what would Patrick Swayze do? What would Patrick Swayze do? Patrick Swayze do? Go Swayze crazy! Okay, ghost ride the whip. Okay, three, two, one. Look inside your... S- <laughs> God, fucking one paragraph left after this. Three, two, one. Simply put your neighbor bank TM ATM card in Cody's mouth hole and type your per- <laughs> <laughs> oh, in Cody's mouth hole. <laughs> Fuck, I love it. Okay. <clears throat> Three, two, one. Simply put your neighbor bank TM ATM card in Cody's <laughs> Broke me, Casper. God damn it, Cody's mouth hole. I just can't stop picturing it. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, I, this is this is for everything. I'm not gonna Good laugh. Writing, man. Good imagery. <sighs> Thank you. Fuck Cody's fuck fuck Cody's mouth hole. Literally. Um, <laughs> three, two, one. I just took okay. this flow chart of which Green Lantern are you? I'm Gnort. <laughs> can, can you do me? How many questions are there? Uh, is jewelry a standard part of your outfit? Is jewelry? Yeah. No. Then you are not a Green Lantern. Goodbye. Okay, yes. <laughs> you're, wearing, you're wearing a necklace. I mean, yes. Yes, it is. Yes, do you have yes. more than one favorite color? Yes. Yes. Uh, do you have anger management issues? Yes. Oh. Uh, does your hometown hate you? God, I hope so, because I hate it. So, no. yes? Yes. You're Sinestro. Yeah, boy! <laughs> okay, Shit. so, Colin, uh, did you say yes? He said no to anger management. <laughs> okay, <laughs> are, are, are you artistic? 
Yes. Then you are Kyle Rayner. All right, I like Kyle. He's a great guy. You lame We're finding out what Green Lanterns we are. Hey, Cap. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have more than one favorite color? Yeah. Wait, wait. wait. (laughs) That's not a trick question. Hold on. Uh, No, I don't actually. Uh, Are you the new kid on the block? I am not. Are you a solitary person? Not particularly. Uh, Do you rely on your strength? Physical or mental? (laughs) Do you rely on your strength? I think it's physical. Uh, Not, no, let's say no. Are you hairy? Moderately? (laughs) Let's just go with yes. Gnore! Hey, Team Gnore! Okay, anyway, getting back to important stuff. No, 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 no. We have a guest. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Casper. (laughs) Casper, do you have more than one favorite color? Yes? What's that? Do you have more than one favorite color? I have more than one favorite color, yes. Uh, do you have I'm ho- any- hoping for Hal Jordan here. All right, let's go. Do you have <laughs> anger management issues? No. No. Are you artistic? Yes. You are also Kyle Rayner. Woo! No, I've, always, right. I've always wondered what it would be like to not have anger management issues. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> you guys live in a very different world than me. Whatever, man. You bury him inside and then you write a book. I, <laughs> I envy all of you. Okay. Kyle Rayner makes the most interesting contracts, so whatever. Whatever, y'all. I think John Stewart makes the most interesting constructs, actually. I think this is so a terrible So if you quiz. said no to are you artistic, then it would have gone to have you killed a planet. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Not us, not us. That's, that's, uh, that's a loaded question. Yeah. Because <laughs> then if you said... I've done my part. <laughs> so if you said yes, you'd be John Stewart. If you said no, you'd be Evan Stewart. Wait, John Stewart from The Daily Show. No. Oh. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I kill everyone, but don't like, take my word for it. But I'm Hex, I'm gonna murder you, but don't take my word for it. But um, I'm drunk with sleep. Sleep drunk. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.